grandest of all the British palaces. In fact, when King George III went around it, he said, uh, we have nothing like this, meaning the royal family had no palaces anything like so grand as Blenheim, and it's true. Yet, it doesn't necessarily mean that his childhood for all the entitlement of that and the privilege, was a happy one because his relationship with his parents was always extremely difficult. Churchill's father, Lord Randolph Churchill, who was a very successful Victorian politician, he became Chancellor of the Exchequer, was somebody who never saw the incipient greatness in Winston Churchill, never really thought very much of him at all and uh, actually treated him very often with contempt. Despite being despised by his father, Churchill did not allow that to affect him and he continued to love his father even after his father's death in 1895 when Churchill was 20 years old. And he wrote his father's two-volume biography, he sought out his father's friends to hear anecdotes about his father, he adopted his father's political views, the Tory democracy, and his father's way of actually holding himself. He very much... The green and gold game is over. Now it's time to react. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Stafford fires his pit. Intercepted by Russell Douglas for the touchdown. With Mark Tauscher and Steve the Homer True. Here's Gabe Neitzel. are now one and one. This is Pack Attack on the Touch of Trio Radio Network. Hit us up on the Boda Box Wine Line, 855-616-1620. I am Gabe Knight, so along with Steve the Homer True. But as every one of these has to start, every last one of them will always start with the opening statement from Mark Tauscher after the Green Bay Packers have defeated the Chicago Bears 27-10. to Tausch? Is it always? It's yeah. always going to start hey, with look, me. Hey, look, so okay. I have respect for my elders, and that's what Homer told me. That's how these okay. things start. Damn right it's starting this way. <laughs> Unless right. one of us gets into the Packer Hall of Fame, then we'd have to take a vote. All right. Well, I don't think – well, Gabe might. Uh, you're that's not fine. Going was, to. All right. That was really necessary. <laughs> Thank you. So you threw it out there. Uh, this was uh, – uh, we're two weeks into this season – and nothing has been surprising. This was exactly what I think we thought we're, we were going to see. A strong rushing attack. Matt LaFleur said it after last week. He said it all week. This week in preparation for this Bears game, they had to get Aaron Jones, and they had to get A.J. Dillon involved. They did. 15 and 18 carries, respectively. Aaron Jones had the hot hand, the big night. And right now, since Devontae's gone and Aaron Rodgers is more of a game manager, this is what the Green Bay Packers are going to do when they're going to win football games. They're going to lean on their defense. They're going to lean on their running game. And that is how they're going to win. That's how they did it tonight. And they did it playing sloppy in the second half football. So the Green Bay Packers, there was never any need to panic last week. I don't think there's any reason to be other than the fact that you won an NFL football game, I didn't learn anything new about this team. I, If something went haywire tonight, then there would have been panic because the Chicago Bears, they're not a very good football team. And there were plenty of cracks in this Green Bay team tonight that make you concerned, but we saw and we did what we needed to do to get to 1-1 one and one 
and it was executed at a pretty high level of the game plan that this team is going to use in the early part of the 2022 season. And that's why they won this football game. That, Gabe, is my opening statement. Homer, do you have any rebuttals nice. to the opening statement? Yeah, there's a reason to be concerned. They can't stop the damn run. We've seen yeah, this I said, before. Uh, I said you could be a little concerned. No, but I'm more saying than you a little concerned. Ba- major no. concern. Major concern. Major. This team Give has a, a quarterback who's horrible. 180 they, yards rushing. They know they average, what, over six yards a carry. With 6. a quarterback 7. that you know can't throw the ball, there's no worry about the yeah. passing game. This Ooh. is a problem that existed okay. last year. And when they lose, if they lose, part of that loss will be the continued pathetic performance periodically against the run. And that's the word for tonight. Pathetic. Would you like to use that word? I could have gained uh, 30 yards. Running for for the Bears, no, I could have gained. Come yes, on. I could have. No, you wouldn't have. Oh. You would have broke a hip on your first Okay, play. fine. I'll give you <laughs> that. Fairness. All right. Correct. Okay, you're not getting 30 yards. <laughs> I stand corrected. All right, so, uh, so you weren't bothered you by at, the size of those holes? No, I was. I, I said there were some cracks, and I did not. Uh, I'm going to be, in all fairness, 180 yards surprised me. I thought it was like a buck 20. And I thought most of that was when Green Bay had a lead of 17. I always, I know everybody panics when they're going to give some stuff up. They're playing to rush the passer. Because if you look at after the first drive, which was very concerning, Green Bay snuffed out everything the Bears did. They They were running their regular normal packages. I think they let off the gas a little bit, but then they could not stop that rushing attack until they did. Right at the one-yard line to kind of oh, finish the game off. Oh, they got lucky. Come on. Are they you... did. Yeah, they did. But they but they made a stop. Did they score? No. So I'm not going to sit here and say this is a juggernaut of a football team. The defense, I believe, is better than you do. By judging by your you know tweets during the game, I still think this is going to be a very very good defense, a top five, top ten defense. But you have every right to be concerned about what they did giving up the run in the second half. I look at this and say what we saw from the middle of the first quarter till the beginning of the third, that's the defense I expect to see. Attacking, downhill, creating a turnover or two, and rushing the passer at a high level, not giving up much. That wasn't always the case tonight, but that's what I expect to see. We didn't see it the entire game. So I can understand why some folks are going to be concerned. But the bottom this is a bottom line business. What did the Green Bay Packers give up tonight? Give them 10 points. points. 10 points, Tosh. 10 points. 10 points. Yeah. Against a bad team. Yeah. Against a bad team. With a bad so, quarterback. But, but that's I'm what you're supposed saying, to do. I, that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Right. And, and and I also said in my opening statement, this is what this is a bad team. You're going to beat bad teams. The Green Bay Packers did what they were supposed to do. We all assumed it was going to be a struggle early in this season. And that's why nothing surprised me about tonight. 180 is the most, just like Justin Jefferson going for 180 last week was concerning. Giving up a buck 80 on the ground is concerning. But I thought all in all, I thought the Green Bay Packers fought, stuck to a game plan they thought was going to win. 
and they found a way to get it done. The, the thing that I'm, I'm most encouraged by, because how many times, how many times have we heard a coach in Green Bay go, yeah, we got to run the ball more. You know, we, you know what we need to do? We screwed up. We just didn't get our running backs the ball enough. We need to run the ball more. But because you've either had Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you end up going, yeah, we're probably just going to let the Hall of Famer throw. That's going to be better off. So they to actually commit to that. And Homer, you said it last week. You wanted thirty touches between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You got that tonight, and it was an incredibly productive. I think 30, uh, 34 touches, thirty-five touches. What they My, ended up I, with? I give him an A plus, A plus. So uh, Jones had 15 carries, Dylan had 18 carries, uh, Aaron Jones also had three receptions, one reception for A.J. Dillon. So they really, that was the game plan, these are the guys we want to get involved, and those are the guys they ended up getting involved. So I, that's that to me, hey, tip of the cap to you, Matt LaFleur, because I've heard you say so many other times that you wanted to run the football, and you actually did not. So to run the ball 38 times tonight with five rushes from Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's what you have to do, and I'm actually... I'm surprised that the the 38 to 25 was the run to pass ratio tonight, and without no, no Bakhtiari, let's, let's, this is yeah. not still their offensive line. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Well, you, you give Matt Lafleur a ton of credit. Uh, last week, I thought he got out coached. I thought they got out maneuvered up at the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, and tonight I thought it was the exact opposite. I thought he did. He understood his personnel. He did. Uh, exactly what he said he was going to do, and the fellas executed it. I think Elton Jenkins in the run game obviously made a difference, but Aaron Jones just looked fast and explosive downhill, and the Bears had no answer for him, and you didn't get cute. You didn't say, well, Aaron Rodgers has to have a certain amount of throws. I think right now, as we're sitting here, you have – you, you found a way to get both Dylan and Jones. I don't know how many snaps they took together, but when they were on the field together, it was good. Good stuff was happening. A-plus, I agree with you, Gabe. A-plus for LaFleur on that side of it. You know, If you could just you know take get rid of the sloppiness, there's still too much sloppiness on offense. This should have been, this should have been a 45-7 football game. You don't turn it over twice. That's where we would have been looking here. Green Bay, let Chicago hang around. And if you don't make that goal line stop, this is a whole nother conversation. We don't know what happens because things could have gotten a lot dicier at the end of this game. You can join the conversation on the Box wine line, 855-616-1620. The talking text line here for Pack Attack. Again, 855-616-1620. You can hit us up with a call or just easily send us that text message. All right, so if I'm giving an A-plus to Matt LaFleur, what am I giving Joe Barry? Because here's the problem. And this was the problem I had with the defense coming into the season. It's the problem that I had with people like Mina Kimes and um, you know, other folks from ESPN saying this is going to be a top one or top two defense. They haven't done anything to really address my concerns about the run. I mean, I think back to last year on Christmas Day. Like The Cleveland Browns should have won that game against the Green Bay Packers, but for whatever reason, they decided they were cool with Baker Mayfield throwing the ball a bunch, and he turned it over four times, so the Packers eke out a two-point win. For whatever reason, after that opening drive, the Bears went away from David Montgomery. Next drive, they decide to pass on first down. Get a sack. Now you're second and 15. Okay, you got to pass it. They come out, false start. 
Don't give it to David Montgomery because you're facing a first and 15. They got away from David Montgomery, decided to go back to him in the second half, and for him to have 122 yards and average 8.1 yards per carry and have 180 yards on 6.7 yards per carry, that makes me very concerned about this defense going forward because, yeah, the, the back end of the defense is really good. We saw Jair have a very good pick today. I, I Even though I like the inside linebackers, I mean, Campbell was I mean, my, my favorite player so far this year on defense has been Quay Walker because how fast he looks and how much downhill he's playing. And obviously Campbell was an all-pro last year. But those rushing numbers against a good football team, and there's going to be a good football team on the field when the Packers travel to Tampa next week, that makes me concerned of seeing a lot of Leonard Fournette when they visit the Buccaneers. Yeah, and and yeah, this they, isn't the first time we ever saw it. I said, I'll say right now, you're gonna the game they lose at the end of the year, they will lose because they cannot stop the run. There'll be other factors, well, but they, that will be it. That will change the game. They, the Green Bay Packers, have made a decision. They let, and I'm not saying Lancaster is the guy. But you've started to see they want more wiggle. They want more explosive plays in the backfield because the teams that you know you lost to San Francisco because you were inept on special teams and you didn't make enough plays on offense. It wasn't because of the run game. That they shut down with the exception of the third and seven. You're going to have to address the run game because what we saw tonight, it, I agree. One eighty you're not going to beat good teams. If you let Tampa do that to you next week, you're not going to beat them because their defense is better than what Chicago has. So how are you going to go about doing that? Are you going to play more of your three-down look guys and then just let the edge guys set? That's a personnel thing. That's also a Joe Barry coming up with and saying, all right, we are not going to give this up. Where You have to balance it out a little bit. If you want to be an aggressive downhill team, which is what he wants, he wants to just play two big guys in the middle, let his two stud inside linebackers run, and then play a lot of coverage, that's what he's going to do. But you can't allow what you saw in that third and fourth quarter tonight against anybody that's any good because they will beat you. Well, and I want to emphasize, Gabe mentioned it. We saw it on the first possession. I mean – Montgomery four, Montgomery twelve, the Montgomery thirteen, Montgomery nine. I mean they they did at the beginning, but as you appropriately said, LaFleur you you know, got out coached. Well, their guy who nobody knows his name, whatever his name is, the new coach. Sounds like a kind of food. Eberflus, but he is he's a defensive coach, so he's not the one making the offensive play. Right, you tell me why the second possession pass, pass, pass. You tell me why you don't just Give the ball. They they didn't. The only team that stopped the Bears' run was the Bears. Well, because this the reason Homer is, despite every coach, which is why I'm impressed with Matt Lafleur actually running the ball 38 times tonight. And granted, 30, 33 of those were with the running backs. Five rushes from Aaron Rodgers. Every NFL coach always talks about wanting to run the ball more, but it's a passing league. Every offensive coordinator, every offensive head coach that's calling the plays for his team, like ultimately they want to throw the ball, whether they have Aaron Rodgers or whether they have Justin Fields. Like That's what offensive coordinators want to do. They want to get those chunk plays. They want to throw the ball. And even if that run is working, most teams, for whatever reason, get away from it. And that's worked, that worked out today to the Packers' advantage because they actually stayed committed to the run and the Bears, for whatever reason, decided to abandon it. I'd like to personally thank them. They did come back and try it, but then Montgomery wasn't on the field. 
Well, I mean, Khalil Herbert had, you know, he averaged nine and a half yards right. per carry, too. It's not like he was, there was a big drop-off when he came into the game for David Montgomery. Yeah, I, I, I get what you guys are saying, and I it's hard for me to push back when you're saying it's 180, 6.6, whatever it is. But do you guys so, not Josh, you factor tell me this. in the flow of game and understanding no, that don't. it's a 17-point no. no. game in the no. middle of the no. third when quarter? You're giving up, no, no, no. It depends. When you're giving up six, seven yards, yes. When you give up 28 and 27, no. I'm not factoring yeah, anything in unless you only have nine guys on the field. The 22 run was – I can't. I don't have any explanation. And so, then they got first and 10 and then 27 more. They had yeah. 55 yards on back-to-back runs. Go Josh, ahead, Gabe. You Sorry. tell me this. So how does this get better? Like how do they – is it just a matter of getting some of those bigger bodies on the field? Because the, the problem with that, as you mentioned before, you know, making that decision, is you probably take Razul Douglas off the field if you want to bring in yep. that bigger body. And Razul Douglas is one of their better defenders. I thought he had a pretty good game tonight. Yeah, that's the trick. And that's what is Joe Barry has to kind of figure out because if you don't think that Leftwich and Brady are going to watch this film and say, we're going to go heavy with, especially with their old line troubles, we're not going to go heavy with Fournette and quick throws and all that stuff, uh, that's exactly what they're going to do. So you, every game you have to be versatile. This there's no longer the '85 Bears or the '01 Ravens model where you say, "Well, we're just going to do what we do." You have to address what is the other team trying to do, and how are we going to stop that? Just because we have three stud defensive backs, if they're coming in with a three tight set and a fullback, you're not going to just say, "Well, we're putting our best eleven on the field." That doesn't work. So you have to be flexible. You have to have some versatility with what you're trying to do. And teams, the NFL is not complicated. They look at what, if they see somebody on a field goal protection unit gives up leakage, they're going to attack that gap. They see a team that gives up 6.8 yards of carry, they're going to run the football. And that's what Tampa's going to do. Green Bay's going to have to address that. That's going to be a monster storyline all week. But, again, there are going to be growing pains. We talked about it on offense. We're Just like we're talking about on defense, you just hope that this isn't the norm, that this isn't going to be the recurring theme because we did see a little bit of that last season, and we got smaller up front. But we got bigger in the middle, and – you hope that those inside linebackers are going to be making more plays, stopping the run, and that focus is going to have to come from Joe Barry and his staff. Join the conversation on the Boda Box Wine Line, 855-616-1620. You can hit us up, talk or text, 855-616-1620. We're going to continue the conversation and hear from you coming up next on Pack Attack. Second and 11, Rico on the call, courtesy of NBC. Again, if that was a shock to you as well, Mike Tarico taking over Sunday Night Football. If you're looking for Al Michaels, you got to 
Be a member of Amazon Prime so you can watch those games on Thursday night. This is Pack Attack on the Touch of Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Nigel along with Steve the Homer True and the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. You can join the conversation on the Boda Box Wine line at 855-616-1620. And that's where we go out to right now to Levi in Clover. Levi, you're on Pack Attack with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Absolutely. We got you. So I want to make sure. Did you say Clover? Uh, Gabe? It was Clover. He said, anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, Tausch, what's my friend? I haven't talked to you in a while, dude. Hey, Levi. What'd you think tonight? It was great, except the defense with the 180 yards rushing they allowed. Mm-hmm. But my goodness gracious, that was a big stop on fourth and goal on Justin Fields. My, my, my. They didn't, they didn't really stop him. He scored. Uh, I mean, they didn't well, give him the points. I know, they didn't give him the points. That's what I said. They were lucky. Yeah. He scored. Yeah. We all know he scored. They got lucky. Yeah. It is what it is, Homer. Yeah, you I know, know but, but we got we to yeah, admit Homer. that. <laughs> if, yeah. Anyway. If, if that had happened um, to the Packers, how upset would we be right yeah. now? Like if it was Aaron uh, Rodgers trying to sneak in and they didn't give him the touchdown, even though everybody in the broadcast was like, yeah, that's probably a touchdown, but it's not definitive, so they can't give it to him. Right. Right. <laughs> Boy. Anyway, no one's talking about, you know, with that on that drive after when the Packers stopped him. How about Sammy Watkins' 55-yard catch that, he, that Rogers yeah. threw? That was good point. Yes, huge. So that's another thing. Would appreciate the call, Levi. So that's the other thing that Aaron Rodgers talked about this week, was wanting to get Sammy Watkins involved, got him involved early, ended up only having three catches, but it felt like all three were pretty big, the biggest being the one that Levi just uh, alluded to being the 55-yarder. Yeah, I mean, listen, I thought from what we saw last week, there was – it just when you have that running game and you're able to do more stuff. The the reason Sammy Watkins was that open is because there was a nice play fake. He got the coverage that he was looking for, and it was a pretty easy pitch and catch. I I still I am not a Sammy Watkins believer like my partner Wildy is, and like I don't, I don't know if, where you guys come down on it. He's fine, but he is so far showing you know especially tonight. He is going to probably be our best bet as we're sitting here right now to make a big play outside unless you give Christian Watson more opportunities. Sammy Watkins is going to be he, – he's A-Rod's guy. A-Rod wants him to be successful. He's trying to find a way and tonight. Sammy Watkins made a couple of big impact plays. We'll also have a text here on the Butterbox Wine line. Again, the talk text line, 855-616-1620 from Dennis and Stevens Point. Randall Cobb, clutch. That is all. Had a couple of clutch catches today for the Packers. Randall Cobb, final line, three catches, 37 yards. Uh, had the big one for, you know, 20 yards on an Aaron Rodgers scramble. And it, Randall Cobb is just kind of filling out that role. Like, that's that's what I expect a typical Randall Cobb line to be in 2022. Three catches, 37 yards. Four catches, 45 yards. Just make a couple of those quick slant catches for a first down and head back to the bench. Yeah, one or two of them is going to be on a third down play. Yep. Yeah, the, the, and the case of both of them is the only thing that's going to prevent them is they're just going to get hurt. But yeah, Sam, yeah, Sammy Watkins is your number one receiver not right now. I mean, he's going to change game to game, but right now he's number one. Uh, it <sighs> seems as if that's the case. I think we just because Alan Lazard came back and people are saying he's number one, I don't know if he's fully healthy yet, but tonight Sammy Watkins was Aaron Rodgers' number one. And 
You didn't need to have a number one. I don't know if that's going to be the case all year, but if we can play the Bears and the Lions and some of these other teams on the schedule, yeah, you're playing Buffalo, playing Minnesota, playing Tampa. You're going to need more. You will need more. 855-616-1620, the Box wine line here on Pack Attack. Let's go ahead and get to our drive of the game. Which drive set the tone for the final score? The march down the field that made the difference. Rodgers plays it. It's caught for the touchdown by Randall Cobb. It's time for the drive of the game. Presented by Boucher Automotive Group. They ride with you every mile. Visit them today at Boucher.com. Can I do it? Because I want to show Tausch I learned from last week. Oh, boy, yes, please. Well, the new standard, yes, the drive of the game, without a doubt, was the touchdown that Chicago scored and didn't get the touchdown. That changed the game. How'd that do, do you really think? Do you really think they were going to win that no, game? No, I don't, but, but you're the one who said at the beginning it changed the game. I think I'm quoting you. I mean, it's a different no. game if the Bears score. Does it mean that they're definitely going to win? But it changed the game. With them not scoring, well, the game was over, and it was probably over anyway, but... Yeah, it was... I feel like it was over anyways. All I, right, you can pick another one Did you guys, as Pac... Did you ever feel threatened in this game? Ever? Um, when the that Bears... the Packers are going to lose. I mean, I, was I a little bit nervous after the Bears went seven, 71 yards and seven plays to start the game, and the Bears or the, the Packers defense offered zero resistance on that opening drive? I went, yeah, that's that's a little troublesome. I mean, I wasn't worried that they were going to necessarily lose, but I, I didn't. I was worried that okay, maybe they're not going to cover the ten points. Maybe it's not going to be a blowout like I kind of thought it was going to be. It ultimately ended up getting there, but um, that that opening drive made me. A little bit concerned, maybe not nervous yet, but concerned was certainly a feeling that I felt in that first quarter. And and if they would have scored, it had been a seven-point game, and I'm thinking if the Packers turned the ball over, they would have had to screw things up. But you, you had a potential for uh, it to be nervous, uh, and that was the only time. Yeah, so you guys are saying if and maybe and yeah. Uh, no question early in the game. I thought the first drive for the Bears – was something I didn't anticipate. I didn't think that was going to happen. But Green Bay, for whatever reason, slow starting on the defensive side of the ball. That would be another thing if you want to start chalking up concerns on this football team. That would be one. But the drive, there was, what, three or four different really good drives of the game. You could probably pick any of the touchdown drives that Green Bay had and plug that in because it's not – Homer, it's not always the same thing every week. It's not what didn't happen or did. You have to kind of look at the flow. I'm a big flow of the game guy. I think it makes a difference. Matches the flow he has with his hair. Yeah, you got to flow. I'm not a flow of the game guy. It's because you don't have flow with the hair. No, which team is better? There's no, you talk about the flow. The flow of this game was irrelevant because you never worried about Chicago. So clearly the quality of the team is more important than the flow, even though you're trying to sell us for it. Well, last week the flow of the game was for the Minnesota Vikings. They Yeah, but you feared because they had some talent. You could have yeah. had the exact same flow in this game, and you go, I'm not worried. Why? Because the Bears stink. <laughs> yeah, I was not worried. I, it, I read it, my That's case. a fair point. It, it's a fair point. So the drive of the game, any of them, 
that you picked. I don't care where right. you picked I already any of them. I feel like so I that failed. Resulted. I thought it was a learning process, and my teacher told me, nope, you missed it again. You're wow. over two. Well, All right. It's so, early in the semester. So You're based, early in the semester. Based on that, I would say the drive of the game would actually be where the Packers held the Bears to three and out on that second possession. Because the Packers come out, they kick the field goal, they allow the touchdown, then they score a touchdown of their own, and you're going, okay, what kind of defensive effort are we going to see here tonight? Sack, tackle for a loss, facing a third and 19, you get off the field, three and out. You, it just To me, it set the tone defensively for the rest of the first half. I, okay, so they can flow to the ball. You can see guys like Razul Douglas, like Preston Smith on those back-to-back plays specifically go out there and make plays defensively. Yeah, I'll they take played. That. Yeah, uh, they that's played. Fine. It was the start of that stretch where they played like a top defensive team. Yeah. You know. Did you regret your tweet? No. At all? Which no. tweet? Which tweet specifically? The first he one when I said. tweeted out the defense stinks and all no, this other not, stuff. Hold early on. It's like just. <laughs> well, what did you say? All I right. said it, that's the gist. No, of what the gist I'm was. Have to see it what took, specifically it took he said. a game in one quarter for the stuff about the best defense in the league to end. And I think that's until accurate. the second quarter. Right. Yeah. Now I get no. After that, they played like a first team. But any thought of this team being one of the like the best defense in the league or somebody second and first, I think it ended after that first drive. You're two games into the season. Uh, uh, well, again, well, they, and they helped out because even though they played like a top defense for the next series, then we saw them giving up twenty yards and rushing. The only hope they have is that the teams are stupid enough that they don't run. And that's the nature of the game in the NFL to some yeah, degree. But, yeah, there are some teams that can't run. But with the Bears and with Justin Fields being as uh, you know good of an athlete and as good of a runner as he is, they should have pr- get put more stress on this defense earlier in the game than they did. Right. Because and- they let the Packers' defense coast, really, from the – after that first drive all the way up until halftime, and then I think Green Bay let off the gas yeah. a little bit. They had a 17-point game, the flow of the game, all this other stuff <laughs> that allowed this 180-yard to you that even you, <laughs> like, I think it's just over. Finds a way the to premise get of there. first or second is over, even if people don't admit it. But even you talking about the defense, you go, I still believe in the defense. They're top five or top ten. That's a big difference, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I, big, I, there's I, a big gap uh, between top five and yes, top ten. Yes, there is. And he made sure to throw I, in top ten. I got, I got I curious to this answer. No, that's because Tausch is a vet and he knows how to, you know, cover his... No, because it's already affected I, him. He just doesn't want to admit I, I, it. When you guys said... Because I did not notice... I knew that they got ran all over in the second half. I wasn't as concerned because, you know... I, I, flow I'm of the game. Yes, we understand. Yeah, yeah we get it. Yeah. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but I just... I, I'm not as big when it's you know, 17-point lead, all that stuff. You're giving ground, da 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 those are excuses. The fact that they hey, were hey, as long as you're willing to, to admit it is an excuse. That's, no, they that's are fantastic. excuses. There's there's no doubt. <laughs> Nobody wants to get run on to that degree, and so that is something. And you, you, Gabe, you brought up a good point. Thinking back, Joe Barry's defense against that Brown, the Browns team, which is another good rushing attack. How easy they made it. I just keep thinking back to San Fran in the playoff game and how dominant that defense was until the last drive of the game. That's what I was expecting, and there's no doubt, can we all agree, talent upgrade, especially at the inside linebacker spot, 
the wiggle jiggle up front pass rush just with those four or five guys, and the fact that you have your depoy Jair Alexander back, that just adding that personnel, that is what Mina Kimes, that's what myself, that's what everybody that has these high expectations for this defense based it off. Of. Sure, but to have now, a, you still got to go out and play. Exactly, because in order to have a good rush defense when you're playing the 3-4 or if you only have the two down linemen because you want to be in that nickel sub package that Joe Barry wants to be in so much, I, I, I heard a lot of people tell me that Jaron Reed was going to be an upgrade. And I haven't seen much that's really impressed me through two games. I mean, how many snaps did Devontae Wyatt play last week? How many snaps did he play tonight? That was one of your first-round picks. More than Rodgers! Well, offensively, yes. Uh, who's, you know, he's a returner for us for right now. But like that, that defensive front three... It hasn't really been upgraded, which is why you're going to have problems. Like, you got one stud. Like, Kenny Clark's really good. And when he's going to be taking up the space that he does and taking two, sometimes three blockers, and then the rest of your run defense can't figure it out from there, that's troublesome. That's worrisome to me. And because it's that that front, they tried to upgrade it with Reed and Wyatt, and we just haven't seen that upgrade through their play through two weeks. I agree. We saw it from the Bears. As well as the Packers ran the ball, there were those plays where they got shut down. There are no such plays for the Packers against the run. Yeah. And that that can't uh, be the case with a great defense. Yeah, it, it definitely needs to get cleaned up. There's no question. It's not, there's no and, way to clean it up. How are you going to clean it up? That's... A great question. <laughs> that we'll job. see if somebody can come up with an answer to that question coming up next. But first, I do have to tell you about America's favorite light lager since 1982. Of course, I'm talking about like crisp and refreshing Bud Light. And I just called Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste. Barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your local retailer. Enjoy responsibly. 2022 Anheuser-Busch. Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. We'll continue to take your calls and reaction on the talk and text line. The Boda Box Wine Line, 855-616-1620 as Pack Attack rolls on next. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high-quality ingredients, barley, rice, hops, and water. Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? No, I ain't Jones got around the edge to the end zone. Jones with a touchdown. Definitely way less sad after the Packers defeat the Bears 27-10. They're now 1-1 one one on the season. They'll head to Tampa for game number three next week. That'll be a 3-25 kickoff. It's Pack Attack. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Stephen the Homer True and the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. Um... Aaron Rodgers just kind of uh, speaking during his press conference, talking about how the days of somebody getting 15 targets may be over for now, and, and they're certainly going to have to spread it around. And when you look at that, again, they threw it 25 times tonight, 19 completions for Rodgers, ended the game with 14 in a row, and some of those are cheap completions where it's, you know, you have uh, Christian Watson coming in motion, he just kind of catches it and shovels it forward, it's kind of pop 
pops it a little bit forward. But, I mean, you look at the targets, Sammy Watkins, four, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard all have three, along with Christian Watson. Tunyon has two. Tyler Davis had one. So it's it's pretty spread out in terms of the 25 attempts that Aaron Rodgers had in tonight's contest. And he mentioned hey, Watkins. We... I would also say he was open. We talked about nobody was open. Yeah. Watkins was open. I'm curious here because we've sat out, we've talked now for about 25 minutes, and are we just a bunch of negative Nellies? No, because I mean, cer- certainly, I, I think feel you like can, we are. I, yeah, I, no, you because, can certainly look, listen, factor that in, but it it's because the standard is set so high, Tausch. Like, I, I don't think you can kind of backtrack, and when you see something that's going to be concerning, and you see something that's kind of ended your season. You know, certainly the run defense ended their season three years ago. Uh, not being able to make a, a tackle on Debo Samuel hurt them in, in trying to win the game against San Francisco last year. So it's about finding those negative things that need to be cleaned up in order for this team to actually do what we thought they were going to do the last two seasons. Yeah, I just I feel like, and I think from a from a former player's perspective, you're always, hey, we won. We're going to celebrate. I'm going to clean up after. We'll we'll talk about this, you know, tomorrow. And I think tonight, where we last weekend was a clunker on a lot of different fronts. And there's no doubt that a lot of you know the, the turnovers, the fumble that Rogers that had to have been on Rogers. He looked like he turned the wrong way, and a total mental mistake by him that I'm sure he'll own up to. And then the other fumble, you know, those are the things that get you beat. We've talked about the rush defense and the fact that you, you gave up 180 yards, and that's all true, and that does get you beat. But we also, and I think we've we've gleaned on it, but there's also, this is a, is it just because the Bears stink that we don't really, aren't going to really even, it yes. feels like we're not yes. even celebrating yes. a yeah. big win. Right. It's not even a rivalry. I heard you talking to whoever it was about Detroit. This is no rivalry. You don't have a rivalry. It is a rivalry. You don't have a rivalry beating your little sister. No. There's got to be there's a rivalry when you're worried because I know we're way better, but you can throw the records out because there's just something and games are always close. You can think of the teams that you know you played at Wisconsin where you have a rivalry. You kick a team's butt. I mean, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. You can't have a rivalry when the quarterback owns the team. There is no rivalry, and there won't be one until the Bears beat the Packers and especially upset the Packers. And that day, they'll say, the rivalry has returned. Thank you, no yeah, charge. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to look at this, and I think we all looked at you know, who the Bears let walk out their door or traded, Khalil Mack. There is a list of uh, Keem Hicks, a list of some really good players. And on the broadcast, they did a pretty good job of saying they cut $100 million in salary and they're kind of reloading. This team ain't going to be very good. And they're not going to beat the Packers down in Chicago. They were never beating them up here. So I think, do you just wipe all the history away and say, that doesn't count? Because you're right, Homer. I do not think that the Bears... The, they're not beating the Green Bay Packers anytime soon. As a Bears so, fan, I might be more confident than I've been. I don't know enough about the guys they brought in, but I, uh, you know, you might. Uh, if I was a Bears fan, I might feel like, yeah, yeah, you're beating us now, but that day's coming. 
The key now for them is, do they believe that day's coming? And they might be. I don't know they've, enough about the guys they brought not in. this they've, year. No, they've got a lot of work to do. It, yeah. Equinemia St. Brown was their leading receiver tonight. Well, Equinemia St. Brown is yeah. one of their starters, and the Packers just let him walk out the door when they are in desperate need of receivers, and they're just like, yeah, go do whatever you want to do, EQ. I think they need Rodgers to leave. I, I don't think they're going to – they have a – just like Wisconsin fans have that about Ohio State – it's almost like an inferiority complex. They have that with Aaron Rodgers. It's, we really want to beat those guys, but do you really believe that you can beat those guys? We've lost eight straight to Ohio State. I don't think many people are going to think we're beating Ohio State in Columbus next week. Now, if they if we do, oh, baby. But nobody is thinking Lovey we're going to go whoop it. Ohio State. Lovey Smith changed some of the culture yeah. and was able to find a way to win, but that wasn't with Aaron Rodgers. And at one thirteen out of fourteen or whatever crazy number it is, it just I, I would imagine that until Aaron Rodgers retires, because he's not leaving Green Bay, he is retiring as a Packer. Until that happens, Bear fans are just kind of saying Uncle. Uncle. Yeah. To where they're at. And not Uncle Homer. So I'm I'm going to answer the question you just asked, Tausch, about are we negative Nancy's? And I think I have an answer to at least why I am, am being a little bit negative going into or excuse, after this game, even though the Packers go out, they cover the number, they get to 27 points, they win the game by 17. I think I have an answer, and we're going to get into that next coming up on Pack Attack. We'll still take your calls, 855-616-1620 on the Boda Box Wine Line. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high-quality ingredients. Barley, rice, hops, and water. When you open... You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. takes over from the 20. He's pressured. Look out from behind. He goes down. The ball comes out. And it is ruled down with a sack. So no fumble in the recovery, but the pressure coming from Preston Smith off the edge for the sack. Mike Tirico on the call. Chris Collinsworth sounding a lot better tonight than he did last week. Had that rough voice last week. Sounded smooth tonight. That was the Packers defeat the Bears 27-10 on Monday Night Football. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Nudge, so along with Steve, the Homer True, and the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. You can join the conversation on the Botabox Wine Line, 855-616-1620. And Tausch, you had asked the question, are we just being overly negative when it comes to this team because yeah. they won by 17 points you beat the rival even though Homer rightfully so pointed out yeah, it's not the rivalry but yeah. the reason I think why I feel a little bit negative is because the Bears are so bad and I still do not have a feel for this team like I feel going into the season I had as little feel for this team as I have in a couple of seasons where you know you you knew you had weapons on offense, or you knew how the you thought you knew how the defense would perform, and I just don't have a feel. 
So when you go and you lay the egg you did against what presumably is going to be at least a decent team in Minnesota, we'll see what they do tomorrow night against Philadelphia, but then you you follow that up with a bad team in the Bears. Like I don't know how much... It, it, it's great that they ran for 203 yards tonight. It's great that Aaron Jones ran for 132 yards. But how sustainable is that going forward? Is that going to what we see going forward? 25 passes to 38 runs? I don't know if that's sustainable against a good team that they're going to be facing next week in Tampa. So when something negative happens against a really bad team, like giving up 180 yards on the ground, it certainly catches my attention more than the positives because I'm still in this mode of, okay, I'm trying to figure things out. What do I know for sure about this team? And right now, I know for sure the run defense isn't very good. After that, I think that the secondary... Well, I know the secondary, at least the three corners, are really good. After that, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I know about this team two weeks in. Yeah, and, and that's fair. I just think, as fans, you have to enjoy wins just like players have to enjoy wins. You can sit and dwell on the negatives, and there's always time to dwell on the negatives, and I think bringing them up is fine. It just felt like, to me, we're sitting here, and everything you just said there, fair points. The fact that the rush defense was bad, that gave up as much as they did, and the fact that the Bears, uh, if the Bears win five games, it's going to be, I think they'll be pretty happy. They already got one. And the fact that Green Bay was what, three inches away from being only up seven in the middle of the fourth quarter against this team? Now, granted, you fumbled it twice. You made plenty of mistakes in the second half. It was a choppy, sloppy effort. But I love the fact that you can play sloppy and still win by 17 against a heated rival early in a season, even if they're as bad as the Bears I think are going to be this season. Yeah, even though you look at the rushing being 180, I mean, the Bears only had 228 yards. Like, the rest of the numbers, when you look at it, like, they're dominant. I mean, the Packers... Yeah, they don't have a passing game. No, they don't. Uh, Gabe, the, the Chicago Bears are playing 1940s football. That's, That's why what the game was so doing. fast tonight. They do not have much of a forward pass game. They have an RPO, and if Justin Fields can break contain out of the rush and buy himself a little time, You right now he is not going to function well, that offense, in a five-step or a seven-step drop. They're just, they don't even really call much because it turns, it just doesn't work. So you factor that in, it actually makes me feel worse oh, okay. about what happened tonight. So that's why maybe I was just trying to block that piece of it out. <laughs> but now that you're going through... The fact that they only had 220-some yards of total offense tonight, Mm -hmm. and 180 if it came via the ground. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't – I don't – negative what? What did you say? Negative? Negative Nancy. Nelly, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. No, I don't – I still believe in the team. I'm a – you know, I I can answer some of your questions. I think it's – they want to be good at the end of the year, and so I don't think it's terrible, but – I mean, like negative Nelly or Nancy, I got a couple of those. Amari Rogers, you got I mean, done over. I don't know. I I I think he's the new. Uh, who is the tight end? Uh, Jay Sternberger. Yeah, I think he's the new Sternberger. Uh, and on top of that, Nathaniel Hackett will be fired uh, within three years. They're already regretting it. He is the new, newest coach who made a career because of the quarterback he was with. 
Part of that is I'm not sure how much years you could say that about every coach in the NFL. Some of every them, yeah. coach could be fired three years. Well, That's, but I, but they could. You could say it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. His his game management and the clock management hasn't been great. The latest from him, um, he, he ended up deciding to kick a field goal too late. They ended up taking a delay of game penalty, so he decided not to go for it or kick the field goal. He ultimately decided to punt it. wasn't wasn't a great look for the Denver Broncos today. So I I mean someone could say that now you're you're saying this this soon yeah yeah you get he's got two and a half years left if that long yeah I'm with Tausch I feel like a lot of coaches kind of get fired within three uh, years yeah so what <laughs> yeah they'll fi- they I mean, brought he'll in they gave up a hundred picks to bring in a great quarterback too it's not like he just took over this bad team. Yeah, I mean that—that's a conversation I'm willing to have at some point. Is how good is Russell Wilson still? I'll entertain that conversation at some yeah. point throughout the course of this year, and, and give him a couple more weeks to kind of get again reacclimated Did, to a new place. Do you want to? Do you have great. anything you want to add about Amari Rodgers? Yeah, Amari Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' comments last week were pretty blunt, and. Basically told you everything you needed to know. And tonight, everybody is up in arms because he had a 20-yard punt return. It should have been more. He just still does not look very decisive. Then I think he muffed or fumbled or kicked one around, too. Uh, I think his confidence was broken last year. We heard he lost weight. He was going to be this big-time performer. He's going to be the third running back, jet sweep guy. Punt return guy. And then last week, Aaron Rodgers basically snuffed all that out and said, uh, he's, he's returning punts for now, and that's all I got. And Amari Rodgers got to answer that question. I would think Amari Rodgers, I, I don't even know. If he was if he's a third... only going to be the punt. Go ahead. I was going to wait till you finish. No, I, I think his days, I'm, I'm going to join your club. If his he wasn't a third-round pick, he'd be off the team. He'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, without a doubt. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, if he was a sixth or seventh round pick, they would have moved on, and Jawan Winfrey would have had taken his roster spot. And I don't know if Romeo Dobbs or Christian Wild, I don't know who would be returning punts and kicks right now. I know Kylan Hill was their guy last year, but he's still on PUP after tearing an ACL in terms of returning kicks. I don't know who would be returning punts, but if, if they block it as well, and if the same thing happened in the preseason, by the way. His big return, he just went untouched, and it felt like it should have gone for more, <laughs> despite being like a 50-yard return in the preseason. It's you know I feel like you can find somebody back there that's going to be able to catch it and make something happen when right. they block it as well as they do, yeah, which if, is a positive, Tausch. I can't remember the last time the Packers special teams blocked this well in a punt return. Yeah, it was good. I, I, I still, the special teams unit, I think, still has a long way to go. But, and Homer will laugh when I say this, the punter averaged 61 yards a punt. Yeah. His holding has been great. That's important. Mason Crosby's been good. We're building. I think you could come out of tonight thinking, last year when the Chicago Bears were up at Lambeau, it was an utter catastrophe. The Packers won in spite of, three or four monster miscues on special teams, and we all said, this is going to get you beat in the playoffs. And it did. So we're taking baby steps there as far as the special teams goes. But I think you, I guess the, the difference this time is that was later in the season. You have to start looking at things with the new way the NFL goes, the preseason being pretty much nothing. 
when it comes to starters. It's still, I think, I know, Gabe, we disagree. It still has value for some of the younger players. But as far as getting you ready for a regular season, it doesn't at all. You're going to have more rust and more sloppy play early in a season moving forward. And this is not what your finished product is. This is the beginning of what you need to build off of. And there's still plenty to build off of from the Green Bay Packers standpoint. We saw a lot of that tonight. I, I want you to add me when you mention Gabe. Because I'm, I'm, I want to be his vice president. They're, they're the most irrelevant games ever in the history of competition. They're JV games, and and there's no way anything else, the scrimmages or whatever else you do, would be of more service to the teams. And it's an embarrassment. I mean, <laughs> the, the league's not embarrassed with the amount of money they're making off of them, which right, is why but, they're not going but anywhere. They're not even playing. It's JVs. It's second yeah. and third teamers. Uh-huh. No one ever thought that was going to be possible. They thought maybe like Wade one Walker game you would playing. do that. What? Devontae Wyatt was playing. There you go. All okay. of the offensive <laughs> line played. Again, you know the number of the well, number the number of uh, the percentage of people that play you 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 this is what amazes me you lived it you know firsthand the difference how great the difference was even of from the time that you played but to what it is now and you would have laughed at this if you had been a part of it you would have said why are we even playing these games what's the point of these games but it's not as – it was very relevant when I played. Okay. I think that's probably what I'm holding on All to right. a little bit because I know it gave me an opportunity to show that I could play, and it still shows – gives opportunities to guys that are in the bottom end of the roster a chance to play. But it's harder and harder to defend the preseason the way the NFL is approaching it. Yeah. I also, you, I you, could show, you could show, Tausch, that you could play against guys that you knew were going to be in the league. Like, no, right, you're these, not even doing that. Yeah, these offensive linemen are going up against guys right. that are probably going to be back-end roster guys or right. practice I don't think guys. teams even look at the tape. I think they don't want to tell us this, but I think the tape of the preseason games has become irrelevant in terms of judging the player. They look at how they do against their own better players at practice and things like that. I just wanted to ask about Amari Rodgers. And people have said this like, you talked about A.J. Hawk just because he was a first-round pick. I said, no, I just look at a players, how good they Forget where Amari Rodgers was drafted. Don't assess it based on that he's a third-round pick. Based on what you see. I don't know what he does. So Greg Mansick, who's the host of Green Bay Game Day, along with Gary Ellerson on the Tundra Trio Radio Network, catch them three hours before kickoff each and every week right here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Last year, Greg and I would play a fun game called Is Amari Rogers Fast? And I don't think once we answered yes. In fact, I texted him after that punt return saying, no, I don't think he's actually that fast. Like, he's obviously a fast human being in terms of the human race, but in the NFL, he's not a fast player. No, he has no quickness whatsoever. It just, it, I mean, Zero. it looks like he wants to get going. It just never, like, actually gets up to speed and, and has anything happen. It's He's probably a great quarter miler. But it, <laughs> or maybe a half miler. Turn, turns out that's, that's not a really great skill to possess in the NFL, especially think, if you're trying to return like punts. I think you'd like to kick it in gear a little quicker. Yeah. It, I don't know who you have returned punts at this point other than him, and he's just going to stick around continuing to do that job. I, I, all right, I'm afraid something bad's going to happen. I'll admit it. Even returning kicks now. 
Well, so I thought okay, I thought at, at the very least that it would be fine for him returning punts, whatever. Just make sure you catch it, hold on to it. You know, if you get a good return every once in a while, like he had the 20-yarder today, okay, fine. But then he did have the one where he muffed it. And that's the one you got to be a little bit more concerned about going forward. We have one more segment with the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. Make sure you have any questions for him. Hit us up on the Talk and Text line, that Boda Box wine line at 855-616-1620 as Pack Attack rolls along next. More Pack Attack coming up on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Sponsored by Bud Light. Light, clean, and crisp tasting. Welcome back to Alan Lazard had one of the two touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers in his arms in that first half. Packers scored 21 points in the second quarter en route to that 27-10 victory. This is Pack Attack, Gabe Neitzel, Homer, and the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher joining us. Join the conversation on the Boda Box Wine Line. Have something to say about the Green Bay football game? Call the Boda Box Wine Line at 855-616-1620 during Pack Attack. Boda Box, this is how we boda. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or over Boda Box Vineyards, Manteca, California. A tweet from Jason Wilde that uh, Tausch noticed and, and sent our way. Uh, Jason covering the team today, covering the Packers, and was at the press conference that Matt LaFleur just gave. And he gave as high of praise as I think you can give to a single player. Matt LaFleur on Elton Jenkins. If he's not in the lineup, we don't win that game. It transcends his level of play, what he brings to us. I don't know. You can't say anything better about a player, can you, Tausch? No. I, And especially when you're, you know, you say that about a quarterback or if you'd say that about Devontae Adams or Jair Alexander, some of these, you know, star players on the perimeter. When you say that about Elton Jenkins, who has done, played center, he's played left guard, he's played left tackle, he's done everything, just his presence, when you make a comment like that, it takes you back when you're a former lineman or just a fan because you think, ah, just plug him in and play and he'll do his job. I think what what he means by that is what it allows you to do as a play caller and as a group, when you have somebody, and I think I thought Elton Jenkins tonight, he wasn't even at his best. I uh, he gave up some stuff that once he gets his feet underneath him, I don't think he gives up. He got beat a couple of times inside. He gave up a sack, but I think just his presence, <laughs> which was one of the funniest plays of the night, when he just blatantly grabbed the guy, and didn't him. get yeah, he didn't get called for the hold. Right, he didn't just tackle. Yeah, him. Then, he grabbed him. <laughs> Hugged him. I think that's what he actually yeah. did. He hugged him. Yeah, well, if you're going to do it, do it big. There's no reason. I don't know how he didn't get that call. But for Because Matt the guy made that, the sack anyway, and I think they just decided well, it really doesn't make any difference. That's my theory. Yeah, we don't want to add insult. Yeah, you don't yeah. ever want to give up a sack and a hold on the same play. If that, That's like the worst-case scenario for any offensive lineman is if you're, you're going to do that at least – Tackle him and don't let him get the sack. But when you hear that comment, that lets you know how they feel about Elton and what he felt as a play caller, what it allowed him to do because he was in there tonight. 
I, I have to think if I if I'm Elton, I, that makes me feel it's the opposite of what Aaron and Amari Rogers probably feel. <laughs> so when I hear that quote, I think that he's really crediting Elton Jenkins for a big portion of why they could rush for 193 yards between Jones and Dylan. Like to me, that's yeah. what it says because the last week that. Part of the reason why they didn't run the football, you know, I know they were down and all that, and they they tried to throw the ball with Aaron Rodgers, but maybe, yeah, floor of the game type stuff, of course. I mean, naturally, that's what it always comes back to, Tausch. But part of it was maybe Matt LaFleur didn't trust that his line could get what they needed to get done in order for plays for Jones and Dylan the way they were today. But when he has Elton Jenkins in there, man, everything else just seems to fall into place, and we can run that football. Yeah, I I think it's just the. It also, I think, from a pass protection standpoint, it allows you to help Yash Nyman a little bit more. You can leave a tight end over there. You can slide protection, send it back. Uh, but I think from a run game standpoint, you did see a lot of quick, quick hitter, quick hitter runs where Aaron Jones got the toss immediately and vertically went north south. We saw you saw Ellen Jenkins get his. You know, one of his biggest strengths is how athletic he is, getting up to that next level and covering up linebackers. You saw a lot of that tonight. There's the one that Collinsworth went over it a couple of times. He kind of bear-hugged his guy up there, too. He covered his guy up, and that allowed Aaron Jones to get moving. It just gives you more versatility because he can pull. He is not going to limit you in any way. He is going to make you be able to do things that you can't do with normal offensive linemen. That's why he's special, and that's why you get a quote like that from a head football coach, which I don't think he's going to say about anybody else. Now, I'm assuming David Bakhtiari comes back at some point, but we all saw the video of him kind of limping around and and Matt LaFleur saying, hey, Uh, he's not going to practice back-to-back weeks. Do we see Elton Jenkins potentially play left tackle if it ends up being even longer for Bakhtiari? No. I think at this point you're going to stick with Elton Jenkins at right tackle. Now, if something happens to Yash, that's when you have that conversation because then my guess is you'd slide Royce back out to right tackle, bring Hanson in, and then move. I don't think that's the road you want to go down, but obviously you have to adjust to injury. I think they want Elton Jenkins to be the right tackle, and then when they pay him, he is going to want to be paid left tackle, big dollars, and that's maybe when the David Bakhtiari time, if his guaranteed money is up, those are all things that are down the road. But for this season, I was surprised that David Bakhtiari didn't play tonight. I think there's obviously a lot going on there that we don't know. Because Elton Jenkins' injury was, what, November of last year. I don't think any of us would have guessed Elton Jenkins is going to be back before d Debach has had some setbacks. You saw he had a little hitch in his giddy-up. This was the perfect game to come back for. They Chicago does not have elite pass rushers. I know they have Quinn, but you have a home game against against a team you know you're going to run the football a lot. It would have been a perfect scenario for him to get back and play. So I'm more concerned now about David Bakhtiari when he's going to get back and if he's going to get back than I ever was prior to. I did not think he should have played in Minnesota. I didn't think Elton Jenkins should. I think they're glad they held Elton out, and now the David Bakhtiari story, it's just going to continue until he gets out there and plays, 
it's the same story week in and week out. So if he, he doesn't, won- if he doesn't play the next two weeks, and you're going, it's all the things you've talked about where you don't put him on the pup. If he doesn't play the next two weeks, I question whether he'll ever play again. I, I, I can see retirement. Because clearly, when they did what they did, they anticipated he would come back in the first four weeks, right? Yeah, when they when they decided to lift him off a pup, I was surprised. Uh, and then when they did Elton Jenkins, because you have a, you had Caleb Jones, uh, the big left tackle, right tackle. He's a big dude. You had to put him out there. If you pupped David Bakhtiari, you could have held that spot. If you knew, you should have probably played this out and understood better. Now, obviously, you want guys to practice, and if you can get them back prior to the four weeks, you do it. It's getting to be close. So We're in week three already. I mean, the, the, the Buccaneers' defense is playing as well as any defense in the league through two weeks with the way they've been able to perform, you know, and, and they're, they're 2-0 now. Do you put Bakhtiari on the field, on the road at Tampa Bay? I know Tampa Bay is not this, you know, known for being this hostile place the way that Minnesota is with their dome and and some of these other places, but is that a place, or do you save him for the next week and have week four be that first game at home, more comfortable against Washington? No, I would have played him tonight, and if he can't play tonight, I don't know why he could play, you know, unless something magical happens, what's going to change? I think he's obviously going to be dealing with some issues that are not just dated. I mean, not day to day. This is something that he's going to have to deal with. Can he do that next week in Tampa? I hope so. Well, he's, he's got cleared, something new. He feels like he can go. No, he's got to have something new, right? I mean, we've been through this before where they didn't tell us about it, but just just in the video, the 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 limp was in, was the other leg. Yeah, you mean you compensate for other things Correct. as you're and, kind of come, coming right. back. Right, I don't and, remember seeing other video where he was limping on that leg. I mean, just something else has occurred if he doesn't. They don't play him and has to this point, and then you just wonder when does when do all those things end? When does something new doesn't happen? Because this would be something new. What three or four? Yeah, I mean, he's had two other surgeries to clean up what, you know, with the swelling and the the fluid that was building up in his knee. So he's had to have a couple surgeries yeah, I, since then. I think as Packer fans, we should all be concerned. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Uh, I think we all were kind of hoping that how last week we didn't want, I didn't want him playing up in Minnesota anyways. The fact that he was inactive, not dressed tells me there's a lot of stuff going on and not a lot of it's good all right with that being said uh um, do we get him for who's the man oh. do we get taus for who's the man i know he's got to leave sometime soon here but i don't Aaron know jones all right, well, a no-brainer. Let, let, okay let's go ahead and open it up who's the man right now on pack attack who was the man in the green and gold game it's time to find out who the man is. The Man is sponsored by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. Yeah, Tosh, I couldn't let you get out of here on that negative note since you accused us of being too negative earlier. So I didn't want you to go on yeah. a negative note. I want you to go on the positive note and tell us who the man was tonight. Yeah, Aaron Jones is the man. There's no other answer. Uh, you guys can find, and you could use that quote that Matt LaFleur said, 
and say Elton Jenkins, and I can't fight you on that. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Jones. Watkins could get a no too. No. Yeah, he had three touches. No. He had three touches. Aaron Jones no. had, you know. No. It's all about Aaron Jones. Yeah. There's nobody else close. 18, 18 touches for 170 yards. That's, and, and he showed you know that's, that's outrageous. It's the two-headed monster, Matt but LaFleur. at his best, Aaron Jones is better. Matt than... LaFleur. Oh. He decided to stick with what he said he was going to do, yeah. and he did it. So Matt LaFleur and Aaron Jones are the only two I think that should even receive votes. I mean – Elton, Elton, I mean, when when your head coach says we're not winning the game without that guy, I mean, Elton Jenkins should at least receive votes. Well, I mean, maybe, saying maybe, maybe he's, not number he's one in the country, but he's one of those Jones, teams that Aaron, don't, Aaron Jones doesn't do what Aaron Jones does without Jenkins. Correct. Well, he he's saying that. Uh, let me tell you a little something. <laughs> oh, they're winning that game tonight without Elton Jenkins. <laughs> I know Matt Lafleur is telling you that. I, I mean, wow. Matt LaFleur, no, they are. So you call Matt Lafleur a liar now? So no, you, you think Aaron Jones could have El- done close to what he did without Jenkins? Yeah, he would have been fine tonight. All right. He would have been fine. Elton right. Jenkins, he's building Elton Jenkins up. I love it. And Elton Jenkins is a key part of what's going on. No question. They're still winning that game tonight without Elton Jenkins. No, that's fair. Come would LaFleur had run the ball as much as he did without Jenkins? The answer is that's no. That's a question. Uh, no, I still think. If they're having that kind of success, yeah. But they wouldn't have had that kind of success. Yeah, how do you prove a double negative? You don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you this. They do not run the ball as well as they ran the ball without Jenkins. Yeah, but you don't know that. I don't know that. I, I do know that, and know you that. know Elton that, Jenkins too. Jenkins doesn't know that. Elton's parents don't know that. You Gabe know that. Know Nobody knows No, that. you know that. Nobody tell, does. Hold on. Tell us the importance when you ran the ball of a certain offensive lineman. The question is, do you think from your own experience with the Packers, that you could have said in games you played that you would not have, even though you ran the ball reasonably, you would not have run it well without one offensive lineman. Could you pick a lineman? Well, then it could certainly apply to Jenkins, too. I agree. I'm just saying the Bears I don't think are very good. Right. And that's I why think, I don't think that would have mattered. I think we can all agree on that. The Bears certainly still suck. Tosh, we look forward to get to bed, man. Uh, you got to be on the radio at 9 a.m. So uh, we look forward to hearing you tomorrow on ESPN Wisconsin. Give me more reaction You're to this on game the with radio Willie and Tosh. At seven. Yeah, don't, don't I worry love about this that. old man stuff for Tosh. That's cool. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Thanks, Tausch. Well, Homer, you work at like six. So That's you're true. Fine. I'm not right, trying. Boys. I'm not in that game. I'm not. I'm not worthy of the discussion. You ain't about that life. All right, guys. Mark Tauscher, he always is around for that first hour plus here on Pack Attack and the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Be a gold breaker at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino to win your share of $1 million in cash and prizes. Just play your favorite games Sundays through September. Catch all the football action at the Fire, Par- Fire Pit Sports Bar, the ultimate Sunday fun day. Learn more at paysbig.com slash gold breaker. Still plenty of things to get into, including your calls and texts on the Boda Box Wine Line, 855-616-1620. We'll hear from Jason Willey and the quarterback still to come here on Pack Attack. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. That was a big play in the game. Packers at that point 
We're up 24 to 10, and the Bears trying to cut it down to a one touchdown lead for the pack in the fourth quarter. Ultimately, Justin Fields didn't get in. But that made no sense to me, Homer. It's Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Homer. That made absolutely no sense to me because if you're going to give the ball to Justin Fields and the ball is inside the one-yard line, why the hell are you running shotgun? I agree, and we debated this, and we'll have Jason on to can answer, but I know they're allowing the, the the running backs to push and help the, the quarterback, and so I would have had someone behind him. He's under center, and I don't see how you could stop him from scoring with the push that's allowed for with players from behind. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. That that, that was the play that they decided to draw up. I mean, if you're going to do something else, kind of run a read option, maybe try to get Justin Fields to the outside, but again, it's... You're inside the one. But that's what bad teams do. And the Packers were able to get out of Green Bay today with a 1-1 one one record with a 27-10 and 10 mark. Hit us up on the Boda Box one line, 855-616-1620. We go out to Sean in Sun Prairie. Sean, you're on Pack Attack with Gabe and Uncle Homer. Evening, guys. How's it going? What's up, Sean? Getting close to good morning. Uh yeah, it is a good morning. Um, I thought that was a mediocre performance against a bad team. Um, we They better uh, lace up their boots tight if they think they're going to go into Tampa and beat them next week because that's going to be tough sledding. I watched that game against the Saints and uh, the Monday or the Sunday night game last week, and that defense is top-notch, and Aaron Rodgers is still holding on the ball too long. He got sacked um, too many times, and if he – he does that even as much as he did today. He is going to be injured in that game next week with the team that they have. So hopefully they rest up, have a good. No, I would agree with you on that. But but I, my only question was, I don't, if they lose, they lose. I don't. Uh, so so you just so right. if you told me they're going to lose to Tampa Bay, does that change my view of the Packers? Not really. I'm, I, honestly, no, if I were to but, sit here and you, if you were to go, hey, you got to pick that game next week, I'm probably picking Tampa. Yeah. But I think you hit the most important right. point, and that is that Aaron Rodgers has just got to be careful because you can get hit against some teams. I think Tampa's one team you would prefer not to get hit, given some of their defensive players, especially their linebackers. So, uh, yes, I think the uh, concern is injury. And, and I watched them decimate the Saints today, and that I was too. a, a drubbing. And um, I hope uh, the coach, you know, and I put it on the coach. He needs to get this team prepared to execute better week in and week out. I mean, you know, the buck stops at the top and, um, you know, Rogers was at the podium saying, you know, I had a bad throw and, you know, I missed Lazard and I underthrew uh, Dylan. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to make sure that everyone's ready to go. So I, I, I hope there's a better preparation week and, you know, we pull up an upset. I'd be interested to know what the opening line is. Tampa uh, by three. Right now. If Tampa's I had to guess, yeah, if yeah. I had to guess Tampa But I by think three. the ability to run the ball should make everybody feel pretty positive because that certainly is something that you would do you need, need to do against feel, Tampa Bay. Right, yeah. that gives you, you feel more Agreed. comfortable about a balance. Well, and look, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the game plan. We appreciate the call, Sean. The, the thing to me is when Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball, you know what that tells me? Nobody's open. Yeah. Which goes back to you, you don't have that go-to guy. And as much as I, I like what I saw out of Sammy Watkins today, heck, I even liked what I saw out of Romeo Dobbs on that, you know, the, the, the two passes that they ran to him were just those quick little smoke screens to the outside. He's athletic. Let him do something with the ball. I mean, so you can see 
the potential in a lot of those guys, it's just not going to be full-fledged, ready to go by the but end of the season. But it was way better than Minnesota in terms of people being open. Sure. Cobb's going to be open once in a while. Mm-hmm. There's, well, you, you mentioned it. In terms of the the targets, there were seven or eight people targeted three times or more. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to spread it around, and I know Rogers mentioned that in his post-game press conference as well. The injury recap is presented by Orthopedics, Orthopedics Associate of Wisconsin. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. Visit orthowisconsin.com today. No injuries for the Packers. That's great news. Fantastic news. You come out of the game with a 17-point win and a healthy ball club, tremendous. I don't know that was there any situation in the entire game to even be concerned about an injury? Anything that you saw or watched? Not that I... Well, so Alan Lazard came out of the game That's at one right, point. That's right, for one point. For like one or two plays. He was never looked at by the trainers on the sideline and ended up coming back into the game. We're going to continue to break down this game. We're going to hear from Jason Wildy as he's going to be joining us next on Pack Attack. More Pack Attack coming up on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste. Look at Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Your key to inside the numbers, inside the hash marks, and inside the locker room. All Packers, all the time. Packers reporter Jason Wilde is on Pack Attack. Brought to you by WPS Health Solutions. Visit OperationFanMail.com to nominate an active duty service member or military veteran for recognition this season. is our friend. He is our teammate. He is Jason Wildy joining Pack Attack here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Steve the Homer True. Good evening, almost good morning, Jason. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, Pretty well. I yeah. think I'm okay. Yeah, I think I'm all right. But yeah. where, where I think I need to start here, Jason, is the tweet you sent out. Matt LaFleur on Elton Jenkins. If he's not in the lineup, we don't win that game. It transcends his level of play, what he brings to us. That is, I think, as high of a compliment as you, that you can give to a player if you're a head coach. Especially when I, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Elton Jenkins didn't play great, right? Like, I think he was responsible for one, maybe two of the, of the three sacks. Um, but I, I think, you know, he he and Rogers both were talking about Elton and him being back out there, and I don't think they meant it as a juxtaposition with Bakhtiari, but I think it gave you kind of some insight into um, maybe how this team is viewing comebacks from injury, unlike in the past where it was always kind of foregone conclusions for everybody, and I I don't know if if. Elton's journey, because he has not talked just about any of the parts about how bad it might have been for him. He's a pretty happy-go-lucky, positive guy. Um, but it was—I thought it was really interesting because Rogers went out of his way too, and you know he talked about redefining success and how tonight was a success for Elton, and and obviously I kind of circled back to that because I was intrigued by um, the way he went about answering that question. So. You know, look, I, I don't think I think Elton Jenkins is going to be a lot better next week than he was this week. But for him to be out there, uh, it obviously, clearly, based on the coach and the quarterback's comments, meant a lot to them that they were able to to have him back in the lineup. What what 
why or to that degree is it they that it gave Lafleur the confidence to run as much as he did? What what occurred because of the comments they made about Jenkins, which emphasizes his importance yeah. today? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, because he flat out said it. It transcends his performance. I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that he played so well that they were able to do what they did tonight. I. It was it was one of those things that if it wasn't in a press conference setting, I would have asked more questions by like, what do you mean by that? Um, because I do think it's interesting because he didn't play great, and I think Elton would say that. In fact, I think Elton did say that. So for him to be out there is obviously a victory. He's going to be better next week and the week after that. Uh, any of these guys that have come off ACLs will tell you that. Bakhtiari's still not out there, uh, so I think that's part of it as well. Um, but the bottom line is, is that it obviously meant a lot to this team that he was out there tonight and they got a lift from him because he, he suited up for the first time since last November. How many more times this year, Jason, do we see 38 rushes to 25 passes? Uh, maybe quite a few, right? I mean, let's, let's, let's admit that and I, I said something to Lafleur after the game about how I understand no one's ever going to call Aaron Rodgers a game manager, but clearly um, they were able to run a different type of offense. Now, let's make sure we're also clear on this. Uh, while I don't necessarily agree with leaving the stadium uh, singing the Bears still suck song, um, uh, the Bears aren't very good. I mean, right? I mean, the, the song is very early. accurate at this point in time, yes. So, you know, for them to to view uh, this game as, as the recipe that's going to be successful for them, I'm not sure I'd be willing to go that far just because they're going to face other teams that are probably going to have better offenses uh, and aren't going to, what did they finish with, 70 passing yards? Uh, um, Justin Fields had 70 passing yards as a team because of the sacks. They finished with 48 passing yards. Yeah, not 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 great, Bob. So, But it certainly worked tonight. And I do think it's interesting that they could go out there and say, we need to get the ball 33 and 28 more. And they were able to go out there and do it. Those guys combined for uh, 33 carries. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, Dylan had one catch and Jones had three. So... You know, you're talking about 37 total touches as opposed to 23 last week. Um, you know, I think it's pretty impressive when you basically tell the whole world, including your opponents, uh, we need to get these guys more involved. And you go out and do it, and they have the production that they did. So I think that's an uh, encouraging sign. I do think this is how they're going to have to play, though. Maybe not quite as imbalanced, um, because that is a strange thing to see that Aaron Rodgers – uh, what he took three sacks. He had a couple of scrambles. So what did he drop back? 30, 31 times. Um, and Dylan and Jones combined for 33 carries. Yeah, I I think there's going to be uh, games where it's maybe 60-40 split of Rodgers throwing the ball. But I think the days of you know 75-25 with the personnel that they have are probably over for a while. Evaluate the wide receiver performance and how Rodgers, I'm assuming he's Sammy Watkins is high on his list. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, Sammy Watkins had three catches. Uh, Rogers made a comment that all three were big plays for them, including, you know, obviously the 55 yarder being the biggest from a yardage perspective, but like, you know, this is, this is kind of the, what their offense is going to look like in that respect too. Like Roger said, I think the days of uh, having um, 15 targets to one guy uh, and then the next highest guy has four are probably over. Now, I'm not sure we're going to see 15 targets to anybody anytime soon, but, you know, I said, th- what did he throw? They have nine, nine different receivers that he completed passes to um, or targeted eight different re- receivers, nine different receivers targeted. Like, I-, I do think that's what they're going to do. It looks uh, like, you know, Roger said that they've got different things for different guys that are player specific that are going to, they think are going to work for each of them. It's just a, it's just a totally new world without a dominant player like Devonte Adams. And I think they're still trying to figure it out. Um, I thought Rogers comments about redefining success were really interesting. I don't know how to interpret them necessarily. Um, but there's part of me that thinks that he knows that they're not nearly as good as they've been with some of these other teams that he's been on and that at some point this season, they might, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and be that team that I keep saying is going to be the, the team that nobody wants to face down the stretch or in the playoffs, but they're, they are truly finding themselves. And I'm not sure if they play this exact same game uh, against a better team, if they win the game. Um, forget about Elton Jenkins' presence. I, I think the biggest, the most important presence is that they've got a Chicago Bears team here that was that's in yet another rebuild with another yet another head coach. Like I, I didn't think they were great tonight, but they were certainly, you know, as Rogers put it, slightly better than they were last week. And we'll see what they can do next week against Tampa. So, Jason, uh, you know, as they continue to try to find themselves, when do you think they're going to find themselves a good rush defense? Because the Bears are not very good, so the things that they do well stand out even more than they would against uh-huh. a better opponent. Like 180 rushing yards is a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, it is. And, like uh, you know, LaFleur talked about how good David Montgomery is, and, and coaches love to say, I don't want to take anything away from insert team or player here. Um, But the fact of the matter is I don't want to take anything away from Montgomery because I think he's a really good running back, really good. Um, But that said, their defensive performance against the run was not very good. And and what I don't understand, and I think what would be a fair criticism that's not besmirching Mr. Montgomery, is to say you knew that that's what they had to do, right? Like, you know, Justin – Fields is a young quarterback who clearly, um, I don't know what his upside is, but he is nowhere near realizing whatever his potential might be. And so you knew that that was going to have to be there. Kind of like the Bears knew that the Packers game plan was going to be to get the ball to Jones and Dillon. Packers knew they were going to have to ride uh, Montgomery and and obviously to a lesser degree, uh you know, getting the ball to Herbert, but I just, that, that was not good. And, and Homer, you and I have, have said this repeatedly uh, throughout the off season when everyone was touting this defense as uh, a top five or top two defense. I, I just don't see it. 
and maybe they're going to be really good by the end of the year too. But, you know, as of now, I don't see the, this elite level performance uh, that everyone was expecting, but they, they were good enough to win today. And frankly, as, as bad as, as things went uh, at times against Justin Jefferson, you know, under normal circumstances, holding the Vikings to 23 last week, you still kind of feel like they're probably good enough, right? Given what we usually expect from a Packers offense. So, you know, Matt Hasselbeck was on a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our bold predictions, Tausch and I, and he said he doesn't think this defense has to be top five or top two. He said top 10, top 12, that's enough. Um, and that might be right, but um, tonight I was, I was not impressed. They missed a ton of tackles. Um, and yes, they had a bunch of three and outs after the opening drive, but um, I'm grading on a curve based on the opponent they were facing. Jason, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to hearing you tomorrow on Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Wisconsin starting at 9 a.m. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Jason Wilde joins Pack Attack after each and every Packers game right here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. We still have an hour of show left. We'll take your calls on the Botabox Wild Line, 855-616-1620, as the Sunday night edition of Pack Attack. We're just getting warmed up. Turns into the Monday morning yeah. edition of Pack Attack. Our best stuff is in the morning, I think. If my history says that. We're going to find out. Coming up next. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Packer fans should know there are 537,000 Packer shareholders. Rodgers, deep shot, downfield. Sammy Watkins having a night. Watkins out of bounds inside the 35-yard line. Longest play of the night. Rodgers, Sammy Watkins, 55 yards. When we hear from Aaron Rodgers, he uh, criticizes himself on that throw, saying he threw a duck out there to Sammy Watkins. There was a little duck in there. It was, but... uh, it was good enough to get to Sammy. It was good enough to get 55 yards. Biggest play of the game helps set the field goal up at the end, pushing that lead out to 17 as the Packers win. 27-10, I'm Gabe, along with Steve the Homer True. And for the first time this year, we can ring that bell presented by Salvation Army. Please remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. So the Packers do pick up the win, 27-10, over the Chicago Bears. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts on the Botabox wine line, 855-616-1620. We go out to Sugar Free. Sugar Free, you're on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Guys? Yes? Link of the game. I teased the game. We're at Oneida Casino. My buddy here next to me, pro at Coghill. He is a elite teaching pro at and you guys, you, you can, both are invited there we go. before they air raid the greens. You are both dubs. You know we're dubs. Dubs dread. Tiger Woods, right? Gabe's, Gabe loves Tiger. Tiger's my guy. That's where he won. Yep. And dubs dread, we're playing tomorrow. Me and him, me and Ryan, we're playing there tomorrow. So we're going from Green Bay that we won against those fibs in Illinois. And we're going 
to Dubs tomorrow. So we won. He told me, do a teaser. Tease the line. Tease the Packers down from 10 to 3 and the under from 42 to 49, and it hit big. Big. We both won big. Big. The Packers is there, played is, well. Yep. Played. Is, is, is there a question yeah, in here is there anywhere? Is, is uh, this just like a big brag uh, about the uh, yeah, money that you won? Feels just like we got a recap of your life, but well, well, we were we, we drank a little bit. I got up on Lombardi, Lombardi the statue. It's seven feet tall. It, I mean, you have to get up seven feet. I pushed up. I got up there, and then I got a picture. Which I'll, I'll, it's I'll not. This is guys. not getting any but better. Then, what was the best part of the game? What yeah. uh, What pleased you most about the Packers' performance? They ran. They kept the ball. They ran, controlled the ball. It was just beautiful. All right, it's and explain to us offense. how like your it. run defense can be that bad. Who needs to be blamed? Is it the Is it the defensive line? What the 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 Bears? They they didn't they ran the ball because they didn't have any faith in their quarterback. There's no way they could have anticipated the size of the holes and the yardage from the runs. What what we've seen this before with the Packers against the run, not every game but some games. What why so many yards, such large gains and huge holes? I have no clue. Ah, All right. There you go. Elite line, elite linebackers. Elite. Who? And uh, I, I don't know. What? Elite. Quote, so are we going to just Walker live with this and, the uh, rest Campbell? of the year? Are we just going to live with this the rest of the year? Periodically. No, Not all no. the games, but in some games. Yeah, some games. You're going to you have to deal with it. I don't all know right. why they didn't uh, just concentrate on the, on the run. Yes, and I mean, just put up more people it. on I the mean, line was... of scrimmage. Sugar free, thanks for the call. Play well tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy. Yes, enjoy Cog Hill. And Tiger Woods won there a number of times. BMW Championship, Western Open uh, down in Illinois. Packers win tonight 27 10 over the Chicago Bears. What's. I keep coming back to it, Homer, and I know Tausch accused us of being negative Nellies earlier, but. Man, 180 rushing yards. It's just a concerning number, and it stands out because the Bears are bad. The Bears are bad offensively. They can't throw the football, and yet the Packers could not find a way to stop them. And you know they're going to run the ball. Even if you don't know they're going to run the ball, you're not that worried if they pass the ball. 100%. And and I... I, I need a run defense guy. Well, so to me, it comes down to playing more base, but... That means you have to take Russell Douglas off the field. If you're going to play more base, you take off Douglas because even when they go nickel, they keep the two inside linebackers on the field because they like Campbell and Quay Walker and their ability to tackle in the middle of the field and get sideline to sideline when they're playing their zone. So it's a defensive lineman who ends up coming off the field. So you just have your two down linemen, you have your two outside linebackers. It essentially becomes kind of a 4-2 you know, with, with the, the two linebackers kind of serving as defensive ends. But if you're, I just I want to ask that's what Barry. I think it comes down to what do you what do you in a perfect world? How do you deal with that? And you're right, they're not going to change that. Rasul Douglas is the same. So with the group that you have, what is breaking down or what has to be done better? I'm convinced there's a certain belief of. We're in a, in the NFL where they pass the ball. A lot of teams just don't run. So we're you know there's an approach that makes sense, but. 
things have to be breaking down because whatever you're playing, you're not anticipating that kind of yardage. And the one thing we always hear, whether it's, you know, we heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it, so I believe it's going to be a defensive philosophy as as well, but a lot of times during the preseason, you heard Aaron Rodgers talk about getting the best 11 on the field. So what that would also, to me, apply to the defense. And Razul Douglas is one of your best 11 that you want to get out on that field. So you're going to play those sub-packages. You're going to play nickel. They just need to find a way to play the run better. It might... If I had to point fingers, it's probably whoever that end up that other lineman ends up being with Kenny Clark because Clark is eating up at least two two blocks on most plays. So that means you got to go out there and do what you can against your one on one block, whether that's the other defensive lineman they have out there, whether that's Rashawn Gary, whether that's Preston Smith. Yeah, if they're if they're going too far wide. They're yes, I'm. I'm convinced they're not. They're not going to change the way they do things. They're convinced that in general, your ability to stop the pass is how you can create a great defense, or the most important yes. thing you have to play at the level they want. But somebody can make a. I mean, how many times did we see this last year? Not every game, but in enough games where you go. How can they be getting so many yards? Well, and that's what it be, when they played San Francisco in the playoff game, the fact that they had that much success stopping the run became correct. Very surprising until, of course, the end of the game. But it was surprising the way that they were able to slow down the run because against so many teams last year, they just weren't able to do it. In that game, I just I got, I just assumed Campbell. I mean, he had I don't know how many tackles. I looked through it, and I can't remember the last time a Packer interior linebacker, the two inside, they were like third or fourth or yeah. fifth. They're almost always first. And and Campbell had like four, and then Walker had, I think, had five. Yeah, Dean Lowry also had five tackles tonight. Right. When's the They're, last time that the Packers' leading tackler on the inside linebacker had the same number of right. tackles as Dean Lowry? Against in a game in which the other team ran the ball so much. You would have assumed I would have assumed Campbell would have 12, 13, Walker would have nine or 10. And when people said how great they play, we'll see, well, yeah, but the other team ran the ball so many times. But they were at five and four. That, that can't be the numbers. Because those are two guys that, if you have any worry, especially Walker, isn't it about his speed to cover guys? Yeah. He's supposed to just be all over the place. When the other team's running the ball. Yeah, and they certainly weren't uh, around there tonight. And it just makes me, again, concerned next week because the the not the Patriots, they have Tom Brady, but it's the, the, the Buccaneers. They've struggled to throw the ball. They haven't gotten the big plays. He doesn't have any wide receivers left. Well, I mean, Mike Evans got, got ejected correct. from the game today. And I, I can't imagine it's going to no, carry a No, but I mean, suspension. the other guys, the other people, are they? But yeah, Chris Godwin, I mean, Julio Jones didn't play today. Chris Godwin, obviously still coming back from his, his knee injury. Clearly doesn't trust any of the tight ends the way he trusted Gronk. So the weapons that they have on the outside haven't been what they've been in the past couple of seasons for Tom Brady. So they've had to run the ball more. And with the way that they have their defense is playing through two games... As good as that defense is playing, they're probably going to want to run the ball a bunch during the, against the Packers next week. I would assume so. 800-919-1620. That is the Boda Box wine line. We go to Joe in Georgia. Joe, you're on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey, guys. What's going on tonight? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. It. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so the run defense 
drove me nuts tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was just going, I, I was very stressed out watching it. Just like what, what, what's going on? Because I love Quay Walker. Quay Walker it is fit for the part. I mean, he is, he flies sideline to sideline, just like Campbell does. Uh, Kenny Clark, we all know what he is. I don't know why the run defense is as bad as it is. Because that, that shouldn't happen tonight. Um, uh, Sammy Watkins stepped up tonight. I love that. Randall Cobb stepped up tonight. Love that. Aaron Rodgers. Some of those throws that Rodgers made to Cobb and Watkins were just gorgeous. I mean, it, it was beautiful football. But they got to run the football. Packers do. Give Aaron Jones and A.J. Jones the football. It, like, it, it just it, it, run the football. That, that's all you got to do. This offense is so much better when they're running the football. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Coach Floor have got to get to a place to where, hey, running the football, that's our bread and butter. After that, we'll slice and dice you. Go back to, like, the Patriots, uh, was it seven, uh, uh, 2016 or 17, where they beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl when they came back? I forget which year it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but when they came back and won that, the, that Patriot team, was they didn't have good receivers, right? But they had a solid running game. They had a, Their backs could catch the passes out of the backfield, right? They had a solid defense, obviously a great quarterback, uh, you know, a de- decent offensive line, and this is what the Packer team can be. But to give up that many rushing yards tonight, yeah. that's not acceptable. That, that is not you, – you can't – when you have Quay Walker – and and Campbell flying all over the field, you can't do that. That is a big, big concern of mine. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I did like what I saw with, again, with Cobb and Watkins and uh, even Lazard, things of that nature. But they got to run the ball, right? They do. They have to. So, I don't know. To me, this team is a 11-12 win team. That is going to fight for maybe, maybe a one seed. They get a two or a three seed. Okay. They might be a team when they get into the playoffs, you're going to go, I don't want to play. I don't want to play that team. I mean, I I think that's the hope, Joe, but I'm just not there with you right now. I'm just not there going, yeah, "Yeah, this is 11, 12 wins, especially when I'm staring at Tampa Bay next week on the road. I just can't imagine yeah. right now with the way they've played through two games. Now, maybe they get there. And I think the hope is what Jason Wildey continues to say about this team. Because, okay, this week they were a little bit better than last week. Maybe next week, even if they lose at Tampa, they just continuously get better and take these little baby steps that by the time we hit late December, early January, they've hit a stride and they're that team that nobody wants to play the way that they were in 2010. The way that the San Francisco 49ers kind of were last year going into the playoffs. Man, nobody's going to want to play that team because they play a different brand of football. So I think that's, to me... Through two weeks, that's what I'm going to kind of keep leaning on Jason on. Is okay. This is what Jason says. I'm going to I'm going to roll with Jason at this point. That that's what I my hope is for the Packers. I don't know what that translates into the number of wins that they have at the end of the season, but that's where I'm at. I, can they get just a little bit better? And is it going to be good enough when we get to Week 17? And, week and you're hoping now that what, what they, they, they stop Tampa? the run without knowing for sure whether they will or won't. 
Yeah, it's it's a hope at this point. But um, you know what, Homer? Based on, and I understand he's only been the, the defensive coordinator for two seasons now, but just based on Packers history, they haven't been very good at stopping the run for like eight years. Right. But and and but it, but it's possible to believe that they will. It's not as if this occurs and changes every game. But there's no way to know. No. When, before a game starts. Because you would have predicted, even if the Bears ran the ball well, you would think, well, the Packers can handle it because you don't have the concern about the passing game. So they can either change the people they're playing or just have more people along the line of scrimmage to realizing that that's the only way the Bears could attempt to move the ball. And we appreciate the call, Joe. And 21 points in the second quarter kind of allowed them to not really worry, I guess, about the 180 yards on the ground. But yeah, you don't have to have everybody back because you're protecting against this pass offense because they don't have a pass offense. Yeah, 100% correct. It's 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 just still one of those things that is concerning. We'll continue to take your calls, your texts on the Botabox Wine Line 855-616-1620. Simple, smooth, and every sip is easy as the last. Tito's handmade vodka tastes just as good with tap water as it does with your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled hand-bottled, taste-tested, sent to a few friends, then taste-tested again to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff, just Tito's. For recipes, videos, and more, visit titosvodka.com. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely for namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. We'll continue to take those calls and texts on that Butterbox wine line 855-616-1620 is Pack Attack, the morning edition. Rolls on with Homer and Gabe. Next. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high-quality ingredients, barley, rice. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Take it down. Fields chased by Gary. He escapes the pocket. You see his athletic ability, but he threw a pick. At the 39-yard line, Jair Alexander comes up with the INT. You see the defense rallying around him. And the party's on in Packerland. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, that's that new NBC crew. Yeah, number eight, too. Jair Alexander, number eight. I know because the guy who taught him at Louisville, number 50, 55, formerly known as Terrell Buckley. Remember Jair Alexander can't get any interceptions because well, they don't throw around him. They don't him. throw at around Well, yeah. he, he got one there. He had to close the gap, and Chris Collinsworth was stunned how quickly Jair was able to close that gap to get that interception at the end of the game. So uh, the only interception, only turnover the Packers had tonight defensively, but that's what you expect when you have that much talent in the back end of that secondary. Packers win tonight 27-10. They are now 1-1. One on the conference season, we send it back out to the phone lines. The Boda Box Wine Line, 855-616-1620. We go to Mark in Glendale. Mark, you are on Pack Attack with Homer and Gabe. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And, Homer, I'm always glad for your recovery after your car accident. We've met before, and I always wish you good health, man. Thanks. Um, my pleasure. A couple things I want to touch on. Um, I know the Packers, you know, in the second quarter, the run, you know, put that game away couple of key plays, I thought. When they were in a second and 28 in the second quarter, they threw the screen to Romeo Dobbs. He picks up 20, leaves him with a third and eight, and they, they convert that, a pass across the middle to Randall Cobb. I thought that was really big. Um, the other thing I thought, 
you know, yeah, the Bears gash him. That shouldn't be 28, 27, you know, uh, yards rushing on consecutive plays. But, um, you know, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but what were their statistics passing-wise? Darnell Mooney, their, you know, supposedly number one receiver. You can't, you know, the Packers defense bent, but they didn't break. My concern this week is how are they going to score on that Tampa defense that looks absolutely sensational? Um, you know, can they run? Can they? It's not about stopping Brady so much anymore. The offense, that Tampa defense, it, it, I, I thought is excellent. And you know, as far as how many wins, eleven wins, ten wins, eight wins, you look at their road schedule. Going to Philly is going to be tough. Going to Buffalo is going to be tough. Going to Miami is going to be tough. Going to Washington is going to be tough. They got a lot of work, but you know, as long as we have Aaron Rodgers, if he went down, you know, I don't feel that. 100% confident in Jordan Love. I mean, he's their best option. But another thing, last week when the Bears beat San Francisco, I thought it was a mistake, but, you know, they felt pressure. They have to start Trey Lance. Now he's done for the year. I know there was a monsoon down there. Well, I, I think they're better. Field. I think they're better with that injury. I don't think there's any. I, I think in, in the short term, yes. This in, year. Yes. This year they'll the, be better. They, they got Trey Lance about the long-term thing, and, and it's just unfortunate what happened to him today with the broken leg. I mean, anytime you get taken off the field with an air cast immediately right. when they come out but with I the air cast the on the But I think the NFC for the Packers got tougher today right. because of that injury. Right. But I really feel, had the Bears started Jimmy Garoppolo last week, which they weren't going to do, and George Kill. I don't think the Bears would have won that game. I can't say it for certainty. I mean, there was a monsoon down there. But, I mean, without a passing game, and I don't know. I mean, his Justin Fields passing uh, rating in the first half last week was like three or a negative three. You can't, I, I mean, yeah, you just can't win without a pass. And they don't, I don't think they have the line. They don't have the receivers. I don't know what the deal is. But Well, that's the problem. Um, that, that's the um, problem. You just went through it all, Mark. Like that, the Bears roster, they're just so bad. We, we appreciate the call. Like, they're just so bad. That roster is terrible. They have a lot of work to do, and I know Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast was very complimentary of the new staff that's in there, and they think they have... The, the the piece in Justin Fields, and look, I was very high on Justin Fields coming out of the draft, and I think he has a ton of potential. But I don't know if that potential gets ruined before he gets an opportunity to realize it because the offensive line can only be so bad. The weapons that he has to throw to can only be so bad. You mean the, you know, he, Mark right, just because mentioned you're right. Darnell. There are quarterbacks that have played the position like he's capable of mm-hmm. and done well in the NFL. 100%. 100%. And... You know, he just mentioned Darnell Mooney being their number one receiver. Sure, like, but Darnell Mooney's, Mooney's not a number one wide receiver. It's it's the same thing with the Packers. The Packers, sure, Alan Lazard can be the Packers' number one. He ain't a number one receiver in the NFL. It's like these teams in baseball that say, "Oh yeah, we've got an ace." No, you don't. You just have a guy who happens to be at the top of the rotation. You don't actually have an ace. When Equinemia St. Brown is saying his name, Notre Dame, on the primetime broadcast. Like the Packers, who we all know are struggling at wide receiver, they just decided to let him walk out the door. And now he started. That tells you how bad they are at the wide receiver position. They have one weapon, and that's it. The Bears have one weapon outside of Justin Fields, and it's David Montgomery. The rest of it, the offensive line isn't very good. You saw how much that collapsed today when they tried to pass protect for for Fields. Their their weapons on the outside aren't very good, and it's going to take a while for them to be able to build that up 
and be able to get enough weapons and get enough things offensively to get Justin Fields the help that he needs. And you just got to hope at this point, if you're a Bears fan or if you're a member of the Chicago Bears, that it doesn't take too long and you don't ruin the confidence and therefore ruin the potential that he had and the reason you took him as the number 11 pick. Now, if you're a Packers fan, clearly you're rooting for all those things to happen. But to me, still a lot of things have to fall into place for the Bears to be a competitive football team uh, going forward. But to Mark's other point, yeah, that Buccaneer defense, they've given up one touchdown, 13 points in the first two weeks. Against the Cowboys team that looked much better today against the, the at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, they gave up 10 points on the road today against the Saints. White, 11 tackles, 7 solo. Davis, nine tackles, eight solo. Winfield, seven tackles, six solo. You have three guys, three guys, 21 solo tackles. That you defense you, is legit. You don't need a lot of help <laughs> when, when three of your players can tackle whoever's around them by themselves. Yeah, it's... <sighs> Yeah, that, that is an incredibly great uh, defense, and they're playing like it while the offense tries to play a little bit of catch-up because the offense has been clunky at times. They've they've had trouble figuring it out, but they haven't had to really figure it out because that defense has been that good. 855-616-1620 is the Botabox Wine Line. We take your calls. We take your texts next. Plus, we hear from the quarterback and what Aaron Rodgers had to say after the Packers' 27-10 win over the Chicago Bears. That continues next on Pack Attack. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. This is Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Sponsored by Bud Light. Light, clean, and crisp tasting. Victorious 27-10 over the Bears. Pack Attack, Tundra Trio Radio Network, taking your calls, 855-616-1620. That's the Botabox Wine Line. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Homer, but right now we are going to hear from the QB and hear what he had to say after the contest, after the Green and Gold won 27-10, and the QB presser is presented by Ridgetop Exteriors, where customer service is our number one goal. Check them out at RidgetopExteriors.com. Here is the Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, following today's victory. Yeah, he can do a lot of things. He's uh, obviously a great running back. Uh, good vision, slasher. I think he's way more elusive uh, in and through contact than obviously you would guess. Uh, bounces off a lot of tackles, got a really nice stiff arm with both arms, uh, good ball security. And then the whole other part in the passing game, his ability to run routes and get open and then do little things, uh, fly sweeps and different things. Uh, we're just kind of scratching the surface, I think, with him, which is fun. Uh, but obviously there was an emphasis on getting those guys the ball uh, early and often tonight. Just you talked about, you talked about what Sammy could be during the offseason, just what you were able, the way he was able to, a couple big plays for him, particularly in the fourth quarter, just having that veteran presence, how reliable 
Is that for you to have that? Yeah, it's important. Um, I really enjoy Sammy. I, I had heard some things about him that made me think that was going to be the case, but I do really enjoy Sammy a lot. Um, we had a real nice uh, text conversation uh, this week about a number of different topics I'm not really going to get into, but the the feeling I got afterwards was, man, we really got a special person who understands his role and is going to help us at some point. Uh, he made three really nice plays today. One kind of got us going a first down early in the game, and one got us down the red zone, and then obviously backed up. Really nice call by Matt, and nice tight wobbler by me. Um, but good route by Sammy getting open. Aaron, um, nine guys, I think, had targets today. None of them had more than four. Is there benefit to kind of living that way for you guys? I think, yeah, I think we're going to have to. It's the days of uh, one guy getting 15 and the next guy getting, you know, four or five are kind of over. We're going to have to find ways to get guys, different guys of football in different spots. There's a lot of different plays for specific guys. You know, we had some uh, a package for uh, Christian. We had a package for Romeo. Obviously, a lot of plays for uh, Sam, uh, for Sammy and for Allen, and then coming back, which was great. And then a couple wrinkles for Kabi. You know, we had him in the backfield on the third down. So that's kind of the way it's going to go. Uh, obviously, we had a lot of plays for 33 and 28. I don't want to misread your mood. You don't seem like super thrilled. How do you feel about this one? Well, the second half was frustrating, but it's tough to win this league, so I'm very happy. Um, just like them, we expected to win this game. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm not up here surprised about what happened. Felt like we had a good week of practice, and if we just played our game, that this was the type of outcome that, that could happen. But I'm disappointed in the second half. Uh, I, you know, screwed up the action on that uh, fumble with AJ. And then Josh, you know, had to brain fart and snapped it on one instead of two. And that kind of killed the momentum. I don't feel like we had many bad drives all game. Not sure if we had a uh, one three and out, maybe, it seemed like. Yeah. And then I felt like we moved the ball really well. So I'm just trying to. Again, temper expectations, and and obviously I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this one tonight. But uh, we got a big one next week, a tough road trip. And it's got to be better. You know, this was better than week one, but we got to be better than this if we want to compete with Tampa. I know this isn't like the vintage Chicago defenses, but still, it's 20, 24 points in five positions in the first half. Is that is that what you're looking for? I mean, is that kind of what you're you know coming from week one to week two? Is that what you're trying to build toward? Well, I think the kind of the apex, you know, the the acme of the pyramid would be like 2014 home game first halves. I believe we had a stretch of 23 or more points in a number of games. Tom will probably correct me when we leave here, but uh, that's that that was a fun run that we had. I felt good about our ability to move the football. And just the rhythm on the first drive told me that we we're going to be able to, to do some things. Now, you know, they came in and didn't really pressure. Uh, I don't know if I recall. I have to go, yeah, I haven't obviously seen the film, but the, the, their goal was to play 
some shell coverage and and get down to some one high kind of late in the cadence at times but but uh, I think they kind of dared us to go the length of the field and we stuck with the run so kudos to Matt for really sticking with it and then the one big sequence that kind of turned things for us and was second and 28 Romeo does a nice job reading his block the guys block their butts off and that's third and eight. Cobby runs a nice route. We get a first down. That that was unexpected points, but we got seven out of that, and that kind of turned the tide. I think uh, confidence-wise and momentum-wise for us. Aaron, some star running backs might have reacted differently, not getting as many touches as they want. Like, like was the case with Aaron last week. It sounds like he didn't make a peep. Just kind of went about his business. Do you? Is that what he told you? Because he was in a bad mood last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was the truth, though. Do you like that about him? It seems like there's not a lot of ego with him. Both those guys wake up and it's the best day of their life. 33 and 28 coming to work. You know, it's a great day every single day. Um, So those are fun guys to play with. They truly enjoy each other, pull for each other. Very different styles, but but I applaud you know their growth over the years. If you if you think about them when they came in, both of them, um, I felt like Aaron was a little heavy, you know, when he first came in, and was nowhere near as elusive as he is now. And he always had good hands. Though. I mean, I remember a catch against Dallas. Uh, and basically caught off the turf. I threw him a terrible one, uh, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty great catch right there. But. But the attitude has always been there, just uh, zero complacency. AJ came in and it's more of a one-trick trick pony, downhill guy, but he wasn't running behind his path. Now you watch him. I mean, he finished some runs tonight, and he delivered blows to linebackers, to secondary players, to defensive linemen, uh, and he might have some of the best hands on the team. Now, you watch him in, like, the pat-and-go lines, and... Uh, it's impressive. So I give both those guys credit. Uh, they are examples of what it means to be a, a pro, and especially here, the ascension year after year, and then just the art of being a good teammate. Aaron, were you part of the planning of that ayahuasca celebration, and what you think of that that would be? A- uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, and I was not a part of any of the planning of celebrations. They leave me out because uh, when it comes to one-trick ponies, I am kind of a one-trick one pony. Aaron, what's the, what's the energy like on the sideline when the, when the defense gets that, that goal line stop? And then what's your uh, mentality when you're going out there and the ball's inside the one? Don't fumble the snap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it felt like that was game. When that happened, you know, six uh, six minutes left, uh, sorry, eight minutes left. Um, but doing the math, you know, we get a first down there, then there's six minutes. Get a second first down, then there's four minutes. So uh, the way our defense was playing, too, you know, they gave a touchdown the first drive, and then a bunch of three and outs in a row was uh, was pretty spectacular. And they gave up some gashes in the run game, second and twenty, running power, getting a first down. Obviously, wasn't uh, probably in there. Uh, you know, high on their excitement level, but you know, ten points to an NFL offense is a great day, and we should win every single one of those games. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers giving his thoughts after the Packers' twenty-seven ten victory, and earlier in the in Pack Attack, Tausch asked if we were being 
negative Nellies. If we were focusing too much on some of the negative things that happened in tonight's game, 180 yards rushing being the probably the biggest thing that we were focusing on at that point. But when Aaron Rodgers is sitting there at the podium and says, hey, we got to be better. we got to be better if we want to beat Tampa. That's why we focus on those negative things, because you can't give up 180 yards versus the Bears and then expect to, okay, yeah, the rush defense is fine. They won't give up any yards next week against. No, it's got to be better to beat Tampa, which, by the way, this is crazy that we've only played two game, two weeks in the NFL season, and by the end of tomorrow, there's only going to be three undefeated teams in the NFC. You have Tampa Bay is 2-0, the New York football Giants are 2-0, and either the Philadelphia Eagles or Minnesota Vikings, who play each other tomorrow, will be 2-0. Well, I want to clarify, just to have the record straight, the okay. Giants are not 2-0. They're 2-0, <laughs> but they're not 2-0. They're not 2-0. Uh, who's, so... It's either, so the Giants are two and zero. They don't count. The Buccaneers are two and zero. They count. And then the winner of Philadelphia Minnesota tomorrow night will also be two and zero. They don't count. Neither of those teams. I don't think so. Do you? The Vikings could be good. Okay. They, they they have the potential. I think they've got all the pieces there. And if Kirk Cousins puts it together the way that the people who somehow predicted Kirk Cousins to be a league MVP well, he's got a better. He's year. got. I think. I think in his defense. And I don't know so much before about Minnesota, but in his defense, it was kind of like when Rodgers saying, we can do better if I have a better coordinator late in his time with McCarthy, that they had a defensive guy running that show Mm -hmm. who never believed in him because he just didn't believe in that, I think, philosophy as a team. Now he's got an offensive guy. And I expect Cousins to be able to, to execute and do some of the things he never did or didn't do very often because of that. I think that uh, that guy's going to make him a little bit better, just like we all agree LaFleur made. I mean, I've said, I've said, and I believe it, that I would tell Aaron Rodgers, one of those two MVPs, you've got to give to him. Because there's no way, there is zero chance that your MVP either of those two years, if McCarthy's the head coach. Next week is going to be a man. I'm going to be nervous about next week's game. What, what are you nervous? They, they're going to they can easily they're lose. They can. What, what, it's not easily lose. They're going to lose. Like they're going to lose that game. Um. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's, and I hate being the negative Nelly. Well, no, because there's so much to watch in that game. Oh, yeah. The whole game to me is going to be watching their offense against the Tampa defense, yes. even if they fail. Mm-hmm. But to see. What's it's a measuring there, stick. What's there that later in the year could result? I mean, I know what I'm going to say. I'm, you're going to know that 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 Watkins has to stay healthy. It's impossible to think he'll stay healthy, but they need him and what he can potentially do. There's nobody who on the team is among all their receivers who can do what he can potentially do. Nobody. Maybe Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, but I mean that now you're now you're talking about a rookie. Yes, rookie fourth rounder out of Nevada who yes. did not play in a Power Five conference, making a leap that you know an eight year NFL veteran. Yeah, that's that's a large leap. And I don't know if I'm just thinking that gives Rodgers more options. As I said, the best part of the game to me, and I mean I knew it. You know Aaron Jones. The best part of the game to me was Watkins was open. Yeah, 
He was yeah, he was wide open a couple of times. I mean, on the on the fifty five yard play, on one of the bigger ones that he had before right. that. Yes, he was. Just when I was wondering, like especially after Equinemia St. Brown was the only one on my screen tonight. In, in that first drive that the Bears had, and we had Justin Jefferson a couple weeks, a couple times last week, being the only person on the television screen. I'm going, Packers going to have somebody like that, and it happened a couple tonight, couple times tonight with Sam. And I don't, I'm not counting. There's nothing the defense against Tampa Bay can do to make me feel. I I think the defense is capable of making it difficult for Tampa Bay because of the limitations of Tampa Bay. The game's going to come down to if they meet in the playoffs the same way. Can Rodgers and the offense get it done against that defense? And we'll look at that game. Yeah. We'll watch it. We just want to see some stuff. It's Yes, exactly. I think that's the prism that I'm going to end up watching next week's game in. Like, okay, how far are they going up against what actually might be the number one defense right. in the league this And if year. they won the game, if they end up beating Tampa Bay, and I realize it's kind of a fluke because Tampa's defense wasn't what it normally was, or it, that won't even mean that much to me. Homer and I are going to give us the are, are going to give our difference making players of the game. That's coming up next as we wrap up Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Back with more Pack Attack next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network, sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high quality ingredients: barley, rice, hops, and water. You're listening to Pack Attack on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Who had the biggest impact in today's game? End zone. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Packers on top. It's time for the difference-making player of the game. Rodgers goes back to the other side towards Lazard, who's got it. Touchdown, Packers. Presented by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Start at AnnexWealth.com. All right, Homer, who you got? Difference-maker player of the game here on Pack Attack, Tundra Trio Radio Network. Well, I think we'd probably go with uh, Jones. Do we have, uh, is it any different than, how do we decide who's the man versus, versus the difference, difference maker? maker. I think so, we I need think, to... so I think the man is Aaron Jones. Okay. But I think the difference maker is Elton Jenkins. Because just based solely oh. off the comment of what, um, what, what head LaFleur coach, well, said. yeah, what Matt LaFleur said. If, if your if your head coach is going there and going, yeah, we don't win that game without him. Yeah, now you're the difference maker. You don't you're not the man because again, the man. I mean that you're the man and everything. You'd be like Aaron Jones was the man watching him run all over the Bears tonight. He was the man if you had him in fantasy. He was the man if you had him in daily fantasy. He was the man if you were taking him in some over under props. He was just the overall man. But Elton Jenkins was the difference maker. Well, and. Uh, to me, we've ha- we've never had the difference maker and the man before to make this distinction, but I think it fits now to use uh, the difference maker as something like Jenkins was. Yes, you know if we if when I look for who's going to be each game, I'm going to think who would who might someone say that, and they're not the man, but they did something that was so huge. Yeah, just maybe like it's what LaFleur said. Yeah. But for Jenkins, it was, my guess is, the ability that they have to run the football when he's out there and be yeah. able to give the ball to Jones 15 times and give it to Dylan 18 times. No, there's no question. And we'll have to ask LaFleur, and he'll be asked for an explanation. Jason said there were they're just other things. Because you want to just explain to me 
What makes you say that? Because you assume that LaFleur is going to talk about Aaron Jones. Like, we couldn't have won the game unless he does what he does, which we've seen do. When he's at his best, he's just better than Dylan. He can do things Dylan can't do. Today was one of those days. All the skills that he has. But LaFleur chose to mention someone else. Yeah, decided to take Elton Jenkins. Maybe it was just the the mental boost for the team being excited that Elton Jenkins, who halfway through the year last year tore his ACL, was able to return so early. Right, and I'm I'm just thinking, and Lafleur is basically admitting, though he wouldn't say it. Uh, you don't want to know why we didn't run the ball more in Game One because we didn't have him. And now that I got him, I have no trouble running the ball. You know, with Jenkins out there, and maybe if I back out, we might. I might give them 50 touches. So, and what is it that gives you so much confidence or what creates a lack of confidence when he's not out there? I would just have to guess that everything kind of falls into place. I guess. You know, like when, when we talk about the Packers potentially having that number one receiver, when Devontae last year, everything else just fell into place. You had that number one guy, everybody else kind of right, filled in a role that behind that. that somebody in the offensive line doesn't screw things up or I have a confidence that they're going to be within a range where we can execute the running play? That's my guess. Okay. That's my guess is that I have so much confidence in him and he is that good that when he's in the game, he makes that big of a difference. Pack Attack is brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Light, crisp, refreshing, and ice cool Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly. 2022 Anheuser-Busch Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. He's Homer. I'm Gabe. You can catch us on ESPN Milwaukee tomorrow, but get plenty of Packers reaction across the Tundra Trio radio network, ESPN Milwaukee, Madison, and WTMJ tomorrow.